Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Wait a minute. And Naito is down. Son, Matt, who is this? Who is this? It's Jericho. What? It's Jericho. Oh my God, it's Chris Jericho again. Jericho is back to shock the world in Fukuoka one more time. My God. Codebreaker. Codebreaker from Jericho on Tetsuya Naito. This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style podcast, and it is the best. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcast, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Burial the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Alongside the young boy Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be re- reviewing both nights of Wrestling Dantaku, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and the network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also go get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up and get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com. Our podcast is featured there as well. And right now on the front page, they have the recommended Puro for April. It's a great list of matches from April, all the great Puro matches from April. So if you're looking for something to watch, check out that list on the front page of purezuroad.com. Huh, I'll need to check that out. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of... Uh... Champions Carnival matches that are, that are probably listed there, huh? Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Also, you know, um, the Osprey, um, the Osprey Skrull match but, from April. Yeah, yeah, of course. That, I feel like that happened like so long ago, but that that was April. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then also want to give a quick shout out to Nathan from the Social Suplex team. Wrote a great piece on Ishimori. Uh, that's up on the front page of socialsuplex.com right now. So That always catches me off guard. I'll be online and uh, just kind of like looking and then someone writes an interesting article and I'm like, oh, I should check that out. And then it's like, says social suplex. I'm like, wait, that's us. (laughs) Us. Us. Yeah, I forget like that we got other people. I'm so always, I'm so fixated on keeping it strong style and we have so many other things going on that like sometimes, and then plus with my job and other things. Our our real life. (laughs) Yeah, our real life. uh, I get out of the loop and then I turn around and like there's guys that are doing, you know, great work for the site and I'm like I'll miss it and then I'll see it on like Reddit or something and people are upvoting it and I'm like what is this and then I'm like oh it's us (laughs) I'm like oh that's cool (laughs) alright young boy wrestling Dantaku last Thursday and Friday man those shows left me really excited uh, for what's coming up in New Japan you know we were kind of down on April as a whole uh, a lot of row two shows. Um, wrestling Hainukuni wasn't, you know, the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But um, well, these shows delivered. Yeah, these shows were great. I, I mean, it's easy to like have you know a, a great month when you start it with a bang with like a one two punch like these two shows back to back. Don't get me wrong, I I don't hate road to shows and I don't think you're in the camp where you do either no I don't hate them at all um, it's just that there was a lot of them and we had a lot of the Suzuki Goon yeah. uh, Rapungi 3k crap and it was just like oh my god so I mean I'm, I'm definitely not someone who's like man they shouldn't do road to shows like I, pre- no, I appreciate I, lo- the I love the road to shows um, but at the same time these partic- this particular tour hmm. Featured a lot of not so great matchups, and it was a little difficult to get through. Plus, a lot of repeated uh, stuff. Where you know, I like I like it when they'll do like a tour, and maybe they highlight just the one or two really good nights. You know, mm-hmm. and so there's stories that kind of progress through them, and it doesn't feel like just a rehash of everything. It feels like you're at least getting something. And this tour wasn't quite that. So I don't I don't want to be overly critical and be like, oh, we hate Roti shows, but these freaking Dantaku shows. Oh my gosh, they, bro! They delivered. They really yes. really delivered. So I mean, um, we should just get into it. Because yeah, we got a lot to cover. But this, yeah, I'm I'm excited as well. If you can't if you can't hear it, yeah. <laughs> so um, starting at uh, May third was the first wrestling Dontaku show. Um, Lighter crowd. Yeah, not not quite. They didn't quite sell out, but still still a good house. Yeah, and it was the fifth anniversary of the the Bullet Club. To sweet, and uh, you know, I feel like such a mark. We never do stuff like that. In this show. Like, <laughs> I just, I was like, let's get it out there. Let's and, you do know, it. me being the T-shirt mark that I am, pro wrestling tees, <laughs> had a nice little deal. You get any uh, Bullet Club merch, you get twenty percent off. Did you buy? it? Yeah, got me a oh uh, Super Kick Club shirt, the one with the skull with the 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 Jack Jaw and the teeth. Yep, yep, that's hilarious. <laughs> I just saw uh, I saw on Reddit uh, the guys from Pro Wrestling Tees. They had a quilt made of all the different yeah uh, all the different shirts that they've sold for Bullet Club over the years, and they like put it all together and they're going to display it in their store. It's hilarious. Right. And so speaking of Bullet Club, the opening match on this night we had um, the crown jewel of the Bullet Club, Chase Owens and the Tokyo Pimp. That he is, my friend. <laughs> that he is. He is the crown jewel. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi against uh, Yoda Suji and Shota Umino. 
thoughts on this match? I um I like this pairing of Chase Owens and uh, Yujiro. Um, I also like the kimonos that they were wearing. Yes, those were awesome. <laughs> Are you gonna? Did you use your uh? Use your twenty percent off discount to get a kimono. They they weren't on pro wrestling tees. I could just, bro, I could just see you walking around Strong Style <laughs> Studios, walking around with your title oh, belt and your, uh, and your kimono on. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, that's something I would like break out when I'm like entertaining the ladies. Like break out my kimono. Like, <laughs> What's up, girl? Oh my god, no. Yeah. But those actually those kimonos were like kind of they're raw. fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sport it in the streets, but uh, right, they're cool. But yeah, I mean, this was a solid match. Um, quick little five minute opener to get the show started. Well, uh, we we got Suji, who I would say right now is probably the greenest of all the the young lines that that's out there. He's the the bigger of the two newest ones, and um, we've we've kind of talked about him a little extensively. And then they they tag teamed him up here with Umino, who's you know pretty much the the new kind of ace of yeah, the young lions right now. Yeah, he's getting like the biggest push, so that's kind of an interesting tag team there, and they. Uh, they put him up against Chase Owens and Yujiro, who are kind of like the preliminary, you know, Bullet Club guys. Um, very interesting here. I, I'm liking the pairing of Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi personally. Yeah, and I think that's a team I would love to see um, the World Tag League. I think year. in Tag League, who do we, we got Chase and Fale, and then we got Yujiro and Hangman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that this is the better pairing. Um in a way, just like I don't know. Obviously, neither guy's kind of doing anything, but I, I feel like this is kind of like a. They, I feel like they could go on a nice little run. Like Chase is, like Dude, Chase is so underrated. And I think I tweeted this. I was doing some tweeting on both of these Don Taki shows at our Twitter account at Ki Strong Style. Oh, you keep up with that thing? <laughs> Somebody has to. That's awesome. Bro. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without you. This show would be nothing. Like, <laughs> It'd just be two guys talking. It, there'd be no actual out, like, into the world, like, <laughs> my God. But, yeah, so what, what what were you saying? Yeah, so just during, like, this match and the, also the second match on night two with Chase Owens and Yujiro, I was just, you know, kind of praising Chase o- Owens, talking about how underrated he was, and I just wish that they could, they would do more with him. I think they're, you know, I'm not saying, like, they're going to push him to the moon or anything like that. I don't even know if, <laughs> I don't even know if he's going to get, like, a... You know, like a uh, Finley level run or anything like that. But I do feel like he's gaining favor with the New Japan uh, like office. Yeah, and they've let, they've given him a lot more this year. I'm waiting to see him do something like maybe singles. The only problem is he's like too big for super juniors now. Right. So like he, he they they like quietly moved him up to the heavyweight division not so far back, and. Um, I don't know. He could be one of those guys. I feel like if he worked on his physique just a little bit. He needs to get on that uh, Young Bucks uh, regiment. Yeah, they're body guys now. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like if he um, just worked on his physique just slightly, just slightly, because he's pretty good everywhere else. Um, He could go on a run. Like, I'm not saying they'll put a title on him or anything, but I mean, dude. He's one of those guys. We've been t- we ever since we started this show in December when we did the World Tag League. He was like the one guy that we're like, this guy's good. This guy's really, really, really good. Yeah. And I mean, I think he's one of the by far most improved this year. Although it's almost unfair to say he's like most improved because I mean he's been good. It's just he was so quiet. You know, and they were using him so sparingly, but like he's become more prominent. It's like you almost have to uh, recognize how good he's got, like how good he is. Um, 
Speaking of which, you got Yujiro, and Yujiro, like, between, like, his tag performances and then also his match with uh, Juice Robinson, like... He's been on a good little little run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's why I was saying I kind of like this tag team here. And, you know, this was nothing more than just to kind of give the, the young Lions a little bit of, like, opener, you know, just to kind of give them some experience. Yeah. Uh, give a win to Chase and Yujiro. I will say this, though. Um, so I had a lady friend with me while we were, while I was watching this, and she's like, I want to hang out. And I was like, well, I really got to watch these shows. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was behind, and, I, and she's like, well, let's hang out. And I was like, you don't understand. If we hang out, it is literally going to be me watching wrestling and you will be there watching wrestling with me. It won't be like, oh, we're hanging out and this is in the background. No. Our so this, ten- is, this is not New Japan and chill. Yeah, it's not New Japan and chill. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shirt. Oh my God. Bro, we gotta make a shirt out of that New, New Japan. Japan and chill. Dude, that's like the most markiest thing. Like, that's so <laughs> funny, bro. Oh my God. We'll get sued. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways, so we're already gonna get sued. We're, we're already on that track. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so like we were watching it and she saw Chase put uh, Shota Umino up for the uh, package pile driver. And then when he dropped him, she literally, like, it was the, one of the few things she like audibly gasped. She was like, oh. <laughs> Oh my god! And I, like, cause that package pile driver is so devastating. Dude, I I always loved the package pile driver from the days when like Kevin Steen would use it. And uh, I think the first time I ever saw one was in WCW. I don't even know who used it, but I know it was a Joshi chick mm. for sure. It was a Joshi chick in like '96 or '97, like on a Nitro. I've I actually like almost don't even think this really happened because like I've been looking for the clip for years I'm sure it's on the network but I'd have to go through too much like too much stuff to look through yeah but I gotta find it because I remember I used to wrestle in the like living room with my wrestling buddies and when I saw that it became like one of my finishers and I didn't even know what it was I would just ball up the wrestling buddy because I didn't even know what she did I just saw her like ball someone up and drop him on his skull <laughs> and I was like this is incredible it's the best move ever and it wasn't until like I saw like Pentagon and like Kevin Steen doing it where I was like oh Oh man, yeah, I think the move. I'm pretty sure the first person I ever saw using it was Kevin Steen, but uh, like on a YouTube clip or something. Uh, no, when I first started watching Ring of that's Honor, right, you followed it. Yeah, I started watching Ring of Honor like, kind of like casually and like when they started. But yeah, I saw uh, Steen using. It. I was like, wow, that is amazing. And Chase Owens does it perfectly as well. So yeah, these guys picked up the win here. Owens got the uh, package pile driver for the win. What do you think of? Uh, I mean, obviously Umino looked like Umino. What do you think of Suji here? Um, you know, he's starting to, you know... I thought he was bumbling. Yeah. A, a I, little bit. Like, not super bad, but, like, he's clearly, like, still very green. Green, yeah. Definitely, I mean, I think maybe his singles matches might be a little bit better that we've seen so far, but, you know, he's new. He's still trying to, you know, get his bearings and... Yeah, but this was five minutes. You know, we got to see a package pal driver. We got to see Young Lions. We got to see Peter. Yeah. Yeah, and we got to see Kimono. So I don't know, like, what more you want. Like, that's everything. That's the full package right there. Good opener. Run it. Yeah. So um, after that match, we had a multi-man match. Um, Taguchi, Liger, Mean Tiger Mask, uh, taking on Ren Narita, Oka, and uh, Nagata. Yeah. Um, I had a pretty funny tweet for this match. I was like, Mean Tiger Mask wants these young kids to stay off his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, Tiger Mask is just both of these guys are just like old and grumpy, like him and Liger. Like I love it. Um, yeah, Liger in Japan is so different from like Liger in America is just like this superstar, like super myth- like, mythical, like yeah. And in Japan, not to say he's he's a legend, but you know he's he's the guy that's just like beating the crap out of these young lions, and I love it, bro. I love it so much. And then yeah, so we got them against. Uh, Nagata, Oka, and Narita. Was this the match where uh, Nagata kicked Oka? Um, I think so. Yeah. So some I don't remember who it was, but someone had Oka in a hold, <laughs> and he came in to make the save so that he wouldn't tap out. And then he and then he turned around and kicked Oka in the head, <laughs> and he screamed at him in Japanese and. Uh, the the live translator. What do you think of that? Too? Oh yeah, Jang. I think it's Django. Was his name or Django? <laughs> Yo, I, I I was watching that uh, again with the same lady yeah. friend, and I told her I was like, when I have a child, I'm gonna name him Django. <laughs> She's like with a D. I was like, of course. Right. <laughs> that was his name, right? Django. Yeah, Django. Yeah, I, I really liked that. That was nice. That was a nice little addition to yeah. the present the English uh, presentation. Yeah, he was uh, basically telling us that. Uh, Nagata kicked Oka in the head and said basically like get off your butt what are you doing like, yeah which I thought was kind of funny like cause clearly like Nagata uh oh yeah um what am, Don Callis was like Don Callis was cracking me up during these young line matches oh yeah he was like hating on Oka both nights oh bro did you notice that so we heard them like we've heard them in the in the past like not name them but be like you know there was one particular young lion that had to do squats for six hours in the back and they, they've never named the, the individual and then like Don Callis just like straight dry snitching out here <laughs> he's like it was Oka Oka yeah. had to do six hours of squats he's got a terrible attitude yeah, this, this kid's got an attitude problem <laughs> and I was like that the heck man <laughs> um, so that was great yeah, yeah. but uh yeah th- again uh everything here was solid i mean you know taguchi liger taguchi was pretty uh aggressive in this match as well yeah well you know he's uh we're gonna talk about this later but he's one of the guys in the best of the super juniors and i think they're trying to give him a little they're bit of him up yeah trying to give him some shine um getting ready for that tournament yep yep that makes sense so you know this was good um it's weird Liger's not gonna be in that tournament I know cause Tiger Mask still is but that's something I tweeted out too it was like yeah it's gonna be weird not seeing Liger in best of the super juniors yeah cause he can still go man right like I honestly would have preferred Liger over Tiger Mask at this point yeah I mean at one point maybe well yeah he's probably always been better than Tiger Mask but still there's a time where Tiger Mask was great. And it's not that he's not, he can't perform, but he's not at that high level anymore. Like, I mean, look at him. Yeah. Um, it's not to hate on him. It's just, you know, it's the, the facts of life. Time catches up with guys. Except right. for Liger. Look, uh, he's timeless. Like And uh, Nagata. <laughs> yeah, Nagata. Like, he's going to wrestle till he's 70, apparently. Right, that's what he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, with this, I don't remember who took the fall here. So, um, Taguchi hit the uh, Dodon on Narita. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep, Dodon, Narita. Yeah, they, they, they're going ham on this whole spot where the young boys are like, tag me in. Yes, yeah. It's like, oh, God, you're going to take the fall. And Don like, it's a, it's a horrible idea. Don't tag him in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When, uh, yeah, when they brought him in, he was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, but I thought this was fun. Again, another seven-minute match. Didn't overstay its welcome. Everybody got their stuff in. Uh, we got to see Narita pull out some of his new moves. Oka looked good. I mean, Nagata's Nagata. So, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed this, man. Yeah. Um, You know, everything, you know, two, two and a half. Yeah, yeah, in that range. Just, just good, 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 solid openers, and then 
we got this crap. So, uh, Iska, Lance Archer, Dave Boy Smith against Sho, Yo, and Rocky Romero. The never ending Suzuki Goon versus Pungi 3K feud. This is the feud that never ends. Yeah. And it goes on and, and on. on, my friends. <laughs> but, oh my but, God. but thankfully, thank you, Lord, that this match is only two minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah, so I was sitting there watching this and I was like, what is happening? I was like, they got Rapongi 3K going head to head with Killer Elite Squad, and I didn't realize, oh, it's a six man. Then I saw Freaking Eska come out, and I said, I was like, we're doing, we're really doing this right now. You got three juniors against three, three heavyweights. What I was like, what is this? Like, what? Why is this even happening? And then um, they they start off with the standard, you know, Suzuki Goon crap that we always talk about. You know, they're on the Jump outside, the bell, yeah, brawling. And then out of nowhere, like show rolls up uh, Iska. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, he just he just rolled him up one, two, three, and got out of there. And I was like, was that that match is over? And I was like. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I was so... Yeah, I was like... As soon as it was like, one, two, three... I was like, yes. Thank you. Come on. Get him out of here. Like, move, <laughs> move it along. Move it along. That would have been one of those matches where, like, it, it hadn't even started. We start chanting, just go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. My gosh. Also... I don't know if I should. No, I'm not going to say on that. I just, every time I think about like Lance, Lance Archer, like spitting on people, like, uh, well, here's what I don't understand. I don't know why people don't spit back at him. I feel like that is the only like kind of reaction that should be happening. Like if he's, I feel like at this point, if you're, if you're a listener, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this because you might get shot on. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I feel like there should be a contingent of people that just stand up and say, we will not stand for this. <laughs> this behavior will not be tolerated. And when he comes to spit on people, they should all just spit on him back. Yeah. All of them together <laughs> as a unified body, like like 40 people. Like you think he's going to keep doing that if like 50 people spit on him at one? Like what's he going to do? Yeah. You going to fight everybody? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, we bought I bought us tickets for the uh, – New Japan CEO show is coming here in Daytona and you were like you know asking how close we were and it was like you're like bro if Lance Archer comes <laughs> I was like dude don't worry they're not even booked on the show we're good <laughs> it's, it's one of the things that like I just don't know what I'd actually do because I, I get so heated about yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah dude I think you would <laughs> we'd have to hold you back bro I'm reckless dude. yeah you are <laughs> how uh, about did you see that guy try to fight me the other night yeah, when we were uh, yeah celebrating your uh, early early birthday celebration out in uh, downtown St. Pete. He's standing there, and he's like, what's up? And I was like, what's up? <laughs> and, he, and he's like, what's up? And I was like, dude, what's up? And then he just like walked away. He's like yeah. a crazy guy or something. Yeah, like Rich and I stepped away for a second, then we came back, and then he walked off. Or, you know, thought we, thought we had to shoot. I would have pulled guard. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, so Chaos was left uh, super angry, obviously, and uh, Lance Archer like you mean uh, uh, Suzuki Goon? Yeah, yeah. I I, I always say L I dude. I always get L I J and Suzuki Goon because the three initials. Yeah. I always mix them up. But uh, Lance Archer soup or uh, choke slam the crap out of I think it was Umura. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty crazy. But um, yeah, thankfully that was over quickly, and that brought us to the next match, which was um, the team of Chaos. Mm-hmm. 
That was uh, Yoshihashi, Toroyano, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Hiroki Goto, and Jay White taking on the team of um, Toro Hanare, Michael Elgin, Togi Makabe, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. What were your thoughts here, Jeremy? You know, this was another this was another solid match on the card. Clearly, they're setting up um, some future programs here for uh, Dominion, possibly some other shows. Um, really looking forward to a lot of these, a lot of these, I'm really looking forward to uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson. That looks to be the next uh, U.S. title match. Yeah, I have to say, out of the different uh, interactions, I mean, for me, it kind of goes like this. Ishii and Toho Hanare still have the best interactions of anybody in these multi-man matches oh, when yes. they're in there together. But putting that aside, out of like the upcoming feuds that they're kind of building towards, Jay White and um, Juice Robinson, I thought were like the best interactions with guys that are feuding in this match. And it, um, I mean, Goto and uh, Michael El- Elgin was okay. Yeah. You know, and you got like famous matchups like e- like Ishii and Makabe and things like that. Obviously Finley and uh and Jay White and all, you know, but um yeah, Juice Robinson uh d- he was kind of like making fun of uh of Jay White in this match. Yeah. Kind of kind of like like clowning on him a little yeah. bit, which I I thought that was kind of interesting, like this guy who takes his character so seriously <laughs> and then you got the flamboyant one over here just like like I don't know, just Doing you know whatever making, being juice yeah, yeah being juice which was kind of interesting um, but yeah obviously yeah the Ishii and uh, Toa Hanare um, interactions are just they're always great and I just love this overall story of Toa Hanare trying his best to uh, beat Ishii yeah it's kind of got I don't, I don't know if there's been a feud exactly like it like the same way that like Hanma and Ishii like kind of always went to war or like Shibata and Ishii it's kind of like Hinari's taking up that mantle and like he's gonna go to war for those guys which is kind of a scary thought if you think about it like yeah I, like think about the two guys I just named Hanma and Shibata I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like obviously I'm not trying to draw a correlation and say that they're working with uh, Ishii is, has anything to do with their health or anything, but the style work that they did in conjunction with working with Ishii is kind of a telltale sign of like what ended up happening to both of them, and you gotta wonder like not all these guys are built for it. I mean, but Hanari seems to have the build. Yeah, Hanari, he's definitely a lot more. Uh Muscular, a lot more uh, solid than uh, Shibata. I mean, there's only so many bombs like that that you can take, man. And like mm-hmm. he's get, he just gets him and Ishii are killing each other. Yeah, and it's freaking awesome. But yeah, uh, I don't know. That's a somber thought. I just thought of that. Like I, I, <laughs> that thought's never been in my mind. It's yeah. stuff that comes out in the live air, you know. But uh, yeah, so those guys have been going at it. But it it looks like right now, so we're building towards apparently a Juice Robinson and Dave Finley, or I'm sorry, uh, Jay White. Why do I was they're so they're so tied together I always mix them up yeah Juice and Jay White US title match which I think is kind of interesting because there's definitely no arguing that Juice is on that level right now with Mm -hmm. his like his stature in the company but think of how many guys have gotten this many title shots back to back to back in singles matches like can you think of anybody else not really Juice always seems to find a way to just you know Gato must love him. Like, I don't know what it is because <laughs> yeah. if, if you think about it, I mean, yes, he had a great showing in the uh, New Japan Cup and all that. But, I mean, who who gets to come off of a title shot and then get another title shot whose name isn't Tanahashi? Suzuki. 
Yeah, I guess Suzuki does too. Yeah. I don't know. That that is kind of a, a little bit of a criticism in my my eyes. Like, you know, we know that I know that New Japan has some of the best booking that's out there, but it, I almost feel like if you lose in a title match, you should have to like rebuild a bit. Right. Maybe not Naito level of building back. You know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not quite that, but I feel like there should be a bounce back period and like it should open up a door for somebody else. So we talk about the stagnation in New Japan. It's like I am excited about this and I think I think we've talked about it. Like we we think Jay White's getting a title win this year. You mean juice going <laughs> I suck. You need to fire me, bro. You need a better <laughs> co-host. No, but yeah, we we think Juice is gonna win the title at some point this year. Yeah. You think this is it? I hope so, man. I'm you know, I've been on the Juice bandwagon for a while. I mean, I've actually loved Juice from NXT. I loved CJ Parker and I mean now he's like a hundred times better than that. Um, and I think the U.S. title would be a perfect title for him to get his first little title run um, and then try something else with Jay White. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't beat him at this point with how many times he's lost in title matches, I wouldn't be too surprised. But mm-hmm. I, it seems like that's what we're building to towards at Dominion. Ghetto, I can't handle another heartbreak. <laughs> G- give my boy Juice the strap. Ghetto. Give my boy Jeremy <laughs> something to live for. He, you know, he, he gets despondent when when Juice loses. Man, Juice, you know, Juice is a good friend of the, of, of, the, of the show. You know, yeah, you know, <laughs> you would think that the, the, the same joke over and over again would would like not pop me, but it still does. It, it's so. <laughs> and you know, he, he's going to be coming to Daytona. We're going to be there. We got hit him up. Maybe we'll you know, we'll hit him up. We'll be hanging out again. We'll go out and do some uh, some some late night cardio. <laughs> Oh, that was man. hilarious when uh, he was like, who was he saying has been doing late night cardio with him? Was it Hanare? It's like, Hanare's been out here in these streets doing yeah. some late night like, cardio. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, they're, uh, Kevin Kelly was like, uh, Don, are you are you going to be joining them? And he's like, I'll be spotting them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my So gosh. funny. See, a positive episode. Yeah, man. This is, yeah, so much better than uh, last week. But yeah, so Jay White got the pinfall here for uh, the Blade Runner. Oh, is this that match? You know what? For some reason, I was thinking of the next night where they they had Yoshihashi go over. Oh yeah, and I, we'll get to that. But I remember that, this whole time I've been thinking like, what were they doing? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, Blade Runner, uh, one two three, who did he pin? Um, I believe he pinned Hanare. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Also, Hanare and uh, Jay White had some good interactions in that match too, especially yeah. at the closing stretch. And uh, didn't he knock him out with elbows earlier in the year? Uh, I think so. I thought he did, like in a multi match. Was it a multi? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Did, did they have a one-on-one? Did he? No. Okay. No, it was a multi-man match, okay. and he, he hit him with those elbows. They kind of dropped those elbows, huh? Yeah. I, I liked those, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Daniel Bryan marks so. <laughs> up. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, good match. I thought up to this point that was, like, the most solid, like, mm-hmm. match on the card, mm-hmm. uh, which brings us to the New Japan Pro Wrestling six-man title match uh, for the Never Open Weight title. Um, Marty Skrull and the Young Bucks. Which uh, what's their nickname when they the super villains? Yeah, the super villains taking on the OG Bullet Club, the Tongans, Tangaloa, Tamatanga, God, and Bad Luck Fale. And what, uh, what did you think here? Again, another overall good match. Apparently, Marty Skrull's new gimmick is he wants to prove he's a heavyweight and wants to body slam Bad Luck Fale. I think that's interesting is as the Bullet Club has started to kind of heal the fracture, the gray in his hair has fallen out. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's rejuvenated. <laughs> it's like the health of the Bullet Club is somehow tied to Marty's overall like well-being and wellness and health. Right. You know, to start this match, uh, you know, they had their handshakes and hugged. Everything seems like it's uh, yeah fine between these set of Bullet Club members. Well, they're brothers. Yeah. And uh, this was, you know, it wasn't a malicious match. No one like got jumped. Well, actually, didn't. Uh, yeah, I think they. I think that um, well, Marty Skrull Marty Skrull jumped, did, jumped did. Fale at the beginning. But that's almost like you can't even hold that against him. Like that's not even a malicious thing. It's like you have to. It's right. Fale. Right. And like, <laughs> I, and like I mentioned, Skrull wants to body slam Fale so badly. I love how he puts his hands. Up in yes. The air, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> He's gonna body slam freaking bad luck Fale. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. Although Fale's thinning out. Yeah, he lost. What did they say? Like they said kilos, and I don't know what kilos even are. I, that Almost, that's like saying like he lost ten stone. Like what? no, I thought they mentioned pounds at one point. I, maybe I, I heard I, them talking about kilograms. I, I want to say it was like twenty pounds. I want. I would say that sounds about right. The right. way he was looking. Like, yeah, because I know both him and Elgin. We've got to mention that Elgin's also trimmed down. Elgin's also lost weight too. Yeah, but Elgin looks small. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a, one it, of them lost twenty. I think. I can't remember how much Fale, but Fale... Elgin looks like that's how, about how much he's dropped, too. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, but with Fale, he's so big, it's hard to tell that he's even lost. Well, I mean, I if we've been watching for a while, so, yeah. I mean, we remember, I remember when he was a lot a bigger. bigger. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But that's good good for him, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't enough for... Uh, for the villain to get him up though <laughs> but um this match was awesome it was really cool too because uh you know watching wrestling with a non wrestling watcher you kind of get like different perspectives and like mm-hmm. someone seeing the young bucks have just like a regular young buck match and not even like one of their like great like their she was like blown away you yeah. know what i mean yeah and uh, we can talk about how solid like the 10-man tag was before this but there are no two guys that are as athletic and just doing the crazy stuff that the Young Bucks do. They've been doing it forever. And something funny, these guys were on Talk is Jericho last week. Oh, you caught that? Yeah. It was really good. And they were talking about, you know, for them, like, every match is WrestleMania. Yeah. And, like, they, like, go all out, you know. Sometimes they even tell themselves, like, you know, we'll take it easy tonight. And then, like, they they rewatch the match and, like, they're still, like, have done, like, all these, like, crazy spots. It's interesting that you were able to fit that in with all your podcast listening. What do you, why do you say that? Because you listen to so many podcasts, bro. <laughs> well, Talk is Jericho's on, on my, my... Oh, that's that's on your reoccurring... That's on your... That's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm subscribed to our boy Jericho. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah. yeah, so this match, I thought this match was very good. I liked um I liked when Nick Jackson they tried to tag him in in the beginning and it was him and Fale and he was like, "Uh let, let let's do it, Tama." <laughs> Dude, speak uh Nick and Tama Tonga had some great um interactions when they were in the ring together. Yeah, bro, like we we we've said it so many times, you know, uh for uh, Tama Tonga gets a lot of flack, but bro, every time he's in that ring, he's just one of the, the most explosive and like athletic guys out there so I, I was really digging what they were doing um, his quickness and the Knicks and I thought this match was good I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say like it blew me away but I mean again it's the six man never open weight tag team titles yeah it was good I really I don't know I really enjoyed this match it had like the, the right, good. you know right amount of not not too crazy spots. You had, you had like, there's comedy. Yeah, comedy. High spots. Yeah, there was there was like drama. It was it was all around. It was it, it was a very well told story for mm. a very you know eleven minute match. Nothing crazy. Um, I did like that the 
OG Bullet Club came out in the kimonos, and and young the elite guys did, did not. not. Yeah, like they like like I wasn't sure if they just didn't get one or what the deal was, but it's obviously it's the five year anniversary of the Bullet Club, so this that was kind of a telling thing. But then they seemed to kind of work it out. Right. Another thing too was, um, you know, in New Japan, you just you never really see interfactional matches like we've talked about in the past, and then. Beyond that, like, you never see title matches between guys Factions. in the same faction. Right. So this was kind of on the low key, on the low low, like, kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one thing that I was like, wow, you know? And ultimately, it, we ended up getting new tag team, or, yeah, new new six-man over openweight tag team yeah, champions. The Bucks hit uh, more bang for your buck, which is one of my personal, one of my favorites of their uh, tag finishers. I mean, the Melter Driver is cool. I like the uh, best melter ever. Best melter ever. Well, that's um, that's uh, Dan- oh, that's Daniels and then my bad. Yeah, that's the addictions. No, finish. no, no, the indie taker. Indie taker. Yeah, yeah, my bad. And then uh, the season desist. Yeah, season desist. I really like more bang for your buck, and that's what they did here. And we have new never six uh, six man champs, the super villains. Here's something that we didn't hit on earlier, but let's think about this for a second. I know that they're the big bucks now, and mm-hmm. I know that they're 206 pounds. They're 200. And six pounds. Yeah, 206. <laughs> um, but, you know, essentially Marty Skrull is, is a junior. Yeah. These guys just came out of the junior class, and they're taking on longtime heavyweights in G.O.D., who clearly would never be juniors. And then you got Fale, who's, a you know, a hu- huge, you know, mountain of a man. And then on the very same show, you had... Uh, Rapongi 3K beating three heavyweights. Essentially, on paper, you had two instances to, on the same night at Dontaku where two junior teams beat heavyweight teams. Right. It seems like they're starting to um, what's up bro? close that gap between juniors and heavies. I don't know. I mean, at the same time, like you can look back at the first match, like with Rapongi 3K and them, and and essentially be like, well, it was a fluke win, mm-hmm. um, which also. Take note that Show's the one who's getting the pinfalls and not Yo. Because mm-hmm. he's the Sean, bro. Yes, he is. His name's Show. He's the Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I think, who did we even, um, I'm, I'm going to look back and see who we thought was even going to win this match. Um, I think I predicted Supervillains. <laughs> yeah, you did. And you know what I said? OG Bullet Club. You know why? Why? Because juniors lose. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, juniors lose. Plus, like, I was kind of like, well, you know, the, the Bucks don't really need it. And, I mean, I guess they don't, but it's the Never title, so no one really needs it. So right. It doesn't matter that much. But <clears throat> my whole my whole thinking was just essentially juniors lose. So, you know, why would I, why would I even think for a second that it, we'd get any kind of other outcome? But... We ended up with two times that night with juniors winning, which I think is very, 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 very like low key interesting. Like no one, yeah. no one's really like talk about it. They didn't make a big deal. It's not like Kevin Kelly was like juniors, but you know, I don't know. I can't think of any time in the past where like the the like juniors were coming out here as a team and like beating heavyweights. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. And after the match, uh, God and Fale presented uh, the super villains with the titles. No issues. Yeah, everything they, seems to be fine. Do you see the? Uh, they cut that promo in the back and said that you know if they're going to lose the belts, there's no one better that they could lose it to. And basically, it wasn't a loss. It was a win for for the Bullet Club ultimately, and that they're their brothers and that they support them. So I was like, okay, so you know they're going to squash this thing. Basically, is what it sounds like. Yeah. 
So, so, uh, so following that, we had a 10-man tag with um, LIJ, all members of LIJ, taking on Suzuki Goon, uh, Desperado, Kanemaru, Tai Chi, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., and Minoru Suzuki. And before we even talk about the match, there seems to be something that everybody has been talking about, and that's the fact that uh, now for Suzuki Gun multi man matches. Oh yeah, they're coming out to the new Suzuki Gun theme and I was not wondering what you're talking about. <laughs> and not uh, Kazne Ninare. I mean, Meltzer put a tweet out about it and he talked about it on Observer Radio this weekend. Um, some other I hate it. some other New Japan podcast talked about it too. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I thought like maybe it would be cool because I thought the idea of like a theme song would be cool. Plus like the photos that they took to announce that they're gonna come out with a new song looked like super like bad a. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this can be rad. No, the first the, the song sucks. It does. It's, it's not good. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, like Yoshihashi level. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's bad. And I mean, Kazune Nino Ray is a song that, even though Suzuki's a heel and like wants us all to get hit by cars when we leave the show, it's still like this super high energy. Like you get Not into it. Me. me and him are cool. <laughs> well, I'm quiet. He told I, me to buy Ray Bans. I bought Ray Bans. I, 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 I got to I got to hold his title. I walked up and I said, uh, you know, Mister Mister Suzuki, I bought the Ray Bans. He said Ichiban. And we're good. No. Actually, you know what? The truth is, I didn't even get to talk to Suzuki when we were in uh, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans. Dude, I'll, I took the picture, told him he was Ichiban, and I left. I would have. I wish I would have. I think he would have probably. It was like the first show that I saw him there, and I I thought you had to pay for it, but I kind of don't think you did now, looking back. But I was like, I don't know. I wussed out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, we saw Suzuki what? Wrestle two. Well, you saw him three times. I, think I, saw, I saw him. At, I saw him at Bloodsport. I saw him at uh, Super Show, and then I saw him at Rep Pro. Yeah, so I saw him at the Super Show and Rep Pro. And one of the best parts was getting to sing Cosne Nino Ray, uh, sing that when he came came out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is like a. There's not. There's a lot that I don't like about Suzuki Goon already. There's a lot that I don't <laughs> like about them. So then the fact that you take away like one of the biggest selling points that like when they come out, they come out to Suzuki's music. And I know he's he's still gonna come out to his music, but it's like it kind of does detract from like it'd be like going and watching like a WWE show and Triple H is gonna come out and he doesn't spit water. Right. Like right. Like, like what are you talking? That's his, <laughs> that's his thing. Yeah. That's what he does. You know. Or like who else? Like what else is there? Like something that someone does that like you. If you go and you watch them, like you want them to do that. Otherwise, it's there's no point. Like if the Undertaker came out with no lights, with the lights on, and not you know. Yeah, or like freaking Kane came out and didn't like hit the pyro. Even well, I guess he does half that, the time. Yeah, because there's the pyro budget. I would cut. know. I don't watch that freaking <laughs> crap. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's like that. There's certain guys that have like things that are just fundamental to their their whole gimmick and. I don't know. It feels like you're cheating people, like taking that away. Hopefully, they'll smarten up. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like the music sucks. It's it's fine. Like their heels, like whatever. So this match, that was all right. Kind of much of the same stuff we've seen between Lij and it. Suzuki Goon. I'm over it. I I don't yeah. have to see him wrestle anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like um, I don't know it was just it was like a lot of the stuff already like the I haven't been into the Bushi Evil and Takahashi and Desperado stuff or I'm sorry yeah uh, Bushi 
Takahashi, Desperado, and Kanemaru stuff. Um, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. was great. I, I did like when him and uh, Suzuki got in the ring and they alternated the holds. Yes, that was cool. Like it was the Garvin Stomp or some <laughs> crap, but like with submissions. Yes. It's freaking dope. But there was literally, other than that, there wasn't much that I was too into. Uh, All right. Uh, what do you think about uh, Naito not coming out with the IC title? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that was something I was going to... Bro, I... I mean, like, we basically predicted he would win the title at Hinokuni just because he needed the big win. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he needed the title. And I don't think he's an icy title guy anymore, even though I feel like, in reality, that's the level that they're going to keep him at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I think I would prefer... Maybe kind of some of the stuff we saw last year where he comes out with the belt and, like, throws it. Um, I don't I, know. I, I, that was cool and all, but I don't I don't know. Like, they just clean that belt up. I, right. I like when belts are clean. Yeah. And I hate, like, what he did to that belt, even though it's part of his character and all that. Like, he, well, he effed that belt up. Yeah. Really. Well, I mean, like, the IC title, that's, like, the number two belt there. So, I think it's kind of weird not to see that belt on the show at all. And just... Um, from an appearance-wise, that's one of my favorite belts. I think he's going to drop it quick. Yeah. I, I've, I've said that since he won the belt. I know that we will talk about his next title feud shortly, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Even if he wins his next title defense, I don't see him going on a lengthy reign with the belt because he's A, he's a guy who doesn't need it. I don't see, even though, like, yes, I think he's in that Nakamura slot. Mm-hmm. I don't see him being the Nakamura IC champion, the guy who champions that belt and raises its prestige and level. Because as a character in kayfabe, he don't care. Right. He doesn't want that belt. Yeah. He he didn't even touch it when he won it, uh, which I thought was interesting. I did want to see him throw it. He yeah. didn't throw it. Yeah. Um, the only reason he won that was just to take it from Suzuki and make you know ruin Suzuki's life. You know the the story behind <clears throat> it essentially is when he was supposed to headline Wrestle Kingdom, that belt. Ended up being the headliner between Tanahashi and uh, and Nakamura. Nakamura, and it was like a signifier that like out of the, those four guys that were in the top spots, like he wasn't up to snuff. He he literally was the reason that Okada was like, you know, uh, semi main eventing, and you know, ever since then, that's what like his character has loathed that title because of what it represents and, and that it cost him his, uh, wrestle kingdom, um, main event, main event. And then also that it doesn't, it represents basically that you are not the top guy, right? Clearly you have the IC title. You're number two, you're number two, you're the number two guy. And I mean, for a lot of guys, that's a great spot, but his character, he wants to be the number Number one guy. guy. Yeah. And, um, that's, and it's funny for a guy who doesn't care, Deep down, we all know that he really does care yeah. about that one thing. And it's that internal struggle we've been talking about since January, you know, where he wants to be the top star. But ultimately, at the end of the day, in the eyes of the Japanese fans, he is the top guy. Yeah. He's the top guy. There's no I mean, denying. Every time he comes out, man, you hear the pop. Um, there's so many kids in uh, LIJ shirts and hats and LIJ teddy bears. and um, We'll talk about the main event of night two a little bit later. But if you think about it, any guy that's ever gone up against Tanahashi, they're always second fiddle as far as like the reactions to the crowds and things like that, mm-hmm. including Okada, including Kenny, including anyone else that you name, except for Naito. 
Naito is the one guy who has stolen his shine and been like more over in series of matches with him in, in recent years. That tell that's got to tell you something. Yeah, that this guy is that big, and it, sometimes it doesn't always translate over here. But when you look at Tokyo Sports and you know. Uh, uh, Weekly Pro and all these other publications, like he's the guy, and he wants to be recognized as the guy, and that's why he's not carrying the belt. Um, Long term, do you think it's like a good idea for them to allow him to not carry the belt? Uh, I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. I just think it's weird, man. The ice, I like the IC belt, and if you're a champion, even if you hate the belt, I mean, like drag it out or something. Maybe like, have someone else carry it, right? Like you know, like have like you know Sonata or somebody or like Bushi like hold it for you or something, you know. My phone was doing something weird. <laughs> yeah, I would say like you know what I would do is I'd have like a young boy carry it. <laughs> well, get, get like a Lij young boy. I think there was this one night, if I remember correctly, he like gave the belt to Jay White when he was a young boy and told him like, "Here, you can have this." <laughs> it was the IWGP title. Good. He took the title and he gave it to Jay White and he told him he was the champion now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty funny, but um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's not carrying the belt. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll see where that goes from here. You think uh, he's gonna carry the title for a while? Uh, uh, with the way with this whole th- with him not carrying the belt, I can't see him holding the belt long. He should. Uh, you know what they would re- should do? It'd be a really good booking decision. Is do the finger poke of doom and like let Sonata take the title. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you want to talk? You want to? Then they should cut a promo and be like, Jay White, you want to talk about interpromotional feuds? We're gonna have a match right here, right now, tonight, live on Monday night. No, I mean, uh, live on <laughs> Road Two. two. <laughs> Road, road to Dominion, and then he, and then they get in the match and they square up, finger poke, one, two, three, and then all of Lij gets so in the celebrate. ring. They celebrate, freaking, you know, oh Bushi spraying mist everywhere. <laughs> Evil's got lasers going everywhere. Uh, Sonata's just sitting in the corner, completely stoic, doesn't care, but he's got he's got three belts around his neck. He's got. Both the oh tag titles God, and he's got the icy belt. Naito's just on the ground, like looking up tranquilo. And then you know you got freaking Takahashi acting crazy, running <laughs> around with a cat. And it, it, I could just see it right now. That'd be a perfect idea. Sounds like a great idea, bro. Just it's a swore, swore. They'll never see it coming, bro. People are probably listening to this show and like, what are these guys talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make a mockery of New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling. That would actually be awful if they ever did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learn from deceased companies. Let's never do that. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's weird he's not carrying the belt. Yeah, it's weird. Also, yeah. I think it's funner to talk about this than this match because I, I didn't really dig this match at all. Again, like, we started getting into it. I was like, I'm just kind of over it. Like, um, I'm over the whole, like, Suzuki Goon LIJ feud. I thought I would mm-hmm. enjoy it more, but nothing is really delivered. Right. The only thing that delivered, the only thing the whole time, was the brawls between Naito, Naito and Suzuki, Suzuki in the lead up and yeah. their and their early interactions and the the character work was just stellar but as far as the match wasn't terrible but it just didn't really click on all levels and then I'm I'm ready for it to be over and I think it is I yeah. think it is so evil picked the win up here hits the evil STO on a uh, Kanemaru what's his other, darkness falls is his other move yeah darkness falls that's is, the better move right yeah he gets them in the uh uh, fireman's carry position then like throws them out into like a sit out bomb thing it's better move yeah 
They, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, he hit the STO on Kanemaru. Um, LIJ gets the win. Then post-match, the big bucks well, oh, yeah, come yeah. out and challenge Evil and Sonata for the IWGP heavyweight tag titles and leave them laying with super kicks. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so they like basically like like gave a little tease like they're walking out of the ring, super kick. Boom, super kick, kick party. Dude, I was yeah. so happy to see them come out. We've been talking about this for a, forever now. I was a little bummed. You really? I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious. Obviously, okay. this is awesome, but I'm, I don't know. I've kind of been ready to see Yano and Ishii get their title shots. Yeah. And I guess that's never going to happen, so I don't know. But, uh,. Yeah, I guess Yano and Ishii are going to be like the killer bees of their tag <laughs> division. You know, those peren- those perennial guys that are just off on the on the sidelines. Yeah. Like, um, and then you know these guys are going to be like the new like rockers or the new you know Midnight Express. Yeah. Top 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 talent. I, I'm super excited. Um, the Young Bucks are finally getting a heavyweight tag title match. I think this matchup between oh it's going to be off, bro. Sonata. In the ring. And Nick Jackson and Matt Jack. Oh, come on, bro. Yeah. That, there's no way that that match isn't going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've seen, like, LIJ's those guys that we, we've said on the podcast before. Like, there are, there are nights where they take it easy. They take off. They, they have off nights and things like that. But when the moment comes, they really can deliver. Um, I, I didn't love their last title defense against uh, KES. Yeah. But I really liked the match at... Um, what was it? Where did they wrestle? At uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I really, really liked that match. I really liked their match with Goto and, uh, and uh, Okada and Okada earlier this year. Um, the tag league semifinals. Didn't they wrestle Goto and Yoshihashi? Yoshihashi. That match was like the second or third best match of that tournament. So I mean, they've been really. They've had a great year uh, so far. You know, I mean, like. And they they know how to deliver, and I think them and the Young Bucks, that's money, bro. Yeah, that's money. That's a big match. I don't. What do? You, uh, okay, it's a little bit early for like a preview, but you think we're we're getting a title change? Uh, they already have title belts. They just right. put the never belts on them. Right. I don't know. That's what caught me off guard. Yes, me too. I was not expecting that because they put the title belts on them. So I, I was thinking like, oh, well, this is going to give them like an, another distraction to keep them away and. I thought we were going to get Ishii and Yoshi or, or Ishii Yano. And, and Yano and give them their title shot. But no, we, when you got A-listers, you got top talent, top of the card guys. You know, they're top guys. You got to you got to make room for them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't want to give my official prediction away just right now. You okay. know, still, still kind of early. So, But you have a firm opinion already, huh? I mean... Okay. I'm a Young Bucks mark, guys. <laughs> I, I love I love the Young Bucks. I mean, you look in my closet, you can see all the Bullet Club uh, shirts I have in there. Oh, man. I, I love the Young Bucks. You know, I've got to meet them um, a few months ago for the ROH TV tapings in Lakeland. Um, I mean, just really, really solid guys. And, you know, their work, they're on a, you know, just at the top of their game right now. And I would love to see them. I mean, I think it would just add to just how great of a tag team they are if they can get an IWGP tag title run. Yeah, I mean, what a legacy if they do that. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, So that brought us to the next match, 
which was Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada of Chaos taking on the team of Kushida and Hiroshi Tanahashi. 16 minutes, 15 seconds. Um, we essentially got Will Ospreay and Okada winning here, which I think that's what you predicted. I predicted both of these matchups correctly. The first matchup... I said that uh, Tanahashi would um, get the win on Osprey, and then this matchup, I said that Okada was going to get the pinfall on uh, Kushida. And I just want to, you know, <laughs> I was right. I don't care. I'm salty, bro. <laughs> bro, put, put put me over, man. You got me. No, bro. I'm not. Put, put your boy over. <laughs> What was I listening to recently? Oh, yeah. I was listening to uh, uh, Voices of Wrestling. They talked about... Uh, who was that? Hercules Hernandez wouldn't... Uh, basically wouldn't put over Sid Vicious. Like, after... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He got, he got freaking uh, powerbombed in the garden, took the one, two, three, and stood up and just walked, walked out. Walked out, yeah. That's me right now. I'm like, okay, you won, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not putting this crap over. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, yeah, so... Everybody, Jeremy is better at predicting wrestling matches than I am. Uh, did you notice, by the way, that f- follow us on the social suplex that so we have a, uh, a monthly column where we all give our predictions for uh, the WWE main event or the WWE pay-per-views. You notice I didn't weigh in on that. Yeah, you, know, you or uh, James Boy. I'm not going to be, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I refuse to weigh in on the, on the trivial matters of what goes on with that federation. Yes. So if we want to start one for, for New Japan and, and do that, I'm down. But going forward, I guess I shouldn't even do it anyways because I, I lost this anyways. Like, <laughs> like clear, clearly, I, I'm not as good at predicting what's going to happen. Oh, as man. My God. So, yeah. So freaking Jeremy's better at it than me, guys. He's awesome. Super cool. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You have better T-shirts than me. <laughs> All right, but yeah, and, and and Jeremy's been in the gym. He's getting fit. You guys don't even know. He's getting he's getting vascular, getting big, pal. He's getting ripped. <laughs> also, Jeremy has this weird thing where, like, whenever he comes out of like the shower, he he always is wet. <laughs> no, that's not true. J- Jeremy come Jeremy comes out of his room like he's coming out for like a wrestling match, just like spitting like water everywhere. <laughs> It's just dri- dripping dump, wet. You know, drop the bottle over my head. Yeah. You know? <laughs> can't can't be dry, pal. Yeah. Goddamn. But uh, ruining the couches. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this Osprey and Okada against Kushida and Tanahashi. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Very good match. Um, um, the, yeah, it was, it, I thought it was better than the first match they had um, yeah. on the Road Two show. I thought this they went a little bit more all, all out for this. What I really liked was the interaction. Now, granted. Okada and Tanahashi's interactions, great. Um, Kushida and and Osprey's interactions, always fantastic. And there's a lot of teasers for the match that would come up the night before. You know, a lot of like little story elements, which I enjoyed. But what I really liked was when Osprey and Tanahashi went at it, and Kushida and uh, Okada. In fact, Kushida and Okada's interactions in the match were my favorite part of the match. Yeah, those were really good and. What I loved about that, it just kind of gives you hope that Kushida yes. could move up into heavyweight division soon. So when he hit that, uh, he hit that one um, springboard, uh, Hurricane Rana with the with the cradle at the end. Mm-hmm. 
I thought he pinned Okada. Okada. Yeah. I thought they, that, they they got me, bro. They got me. I should have known he was going to kick out, but, but yeah, they got that, me. That was a close near fall. And yeah, so it made me feel like both of these guys had a shot at like compete. They didn't look like they were outclassed or outmatched in the, their interactions with two of the all-time like legend legendary heavyweights in New mm-hmm. Japan, which I really liked that aspect because it put over how world class these juniors are, which I I just thought it was great. I, I really like that. Yeah, um, you know, Kushida has been a guy you know really hasn't done a whole lot this year. Um, so it's just been great to see him in the spotlight again, and really just great stuff here. A lot of great holds and um, we, spots here. Earlier in the year, we actually did this uh, project that never really came to fruition, where essentially the four main shows on the Social Suplex Network at the time, which was our show, Keeping It Strong Style, um, Ricky and Clive, the Ricky and Clive uh, SMC SMC Podcast, and One Nation Radio. We did the uh, Social Suplex Draft, basically where it was like organized we each got to pick uh, like different wrestlers from different categories we were going to put on a hypothetical show and this was back in December when SMC wanted to put some some uh, shows in the can because the holiday times are coming up so we're like yeah we'll do it we end up not recording anything <laughs> yeah I don't yeah <laughs> but when we did that draft we ended up drafting Kushida Mm-hmm. And we ended up drafting uh, Tanahashi, and I think that was our like, that was our match. That, that we was our gonna... semi-main event. We were going to run like because obviously we're Japanese, you know, New Japan-based uh, show. So we try to do a Japanese-based like dream scenario, like like Tokyo Dome show, and that was going to be one of our semi-main events. And we actually had Kushida going over, over yeah, Tanahashi, yeah, uh, basically the junior ace taking on the ace of the universe, and. I still think that would be freaking awesome. Oh yeah! And every time I see Kushida interact with these heavyweights, I'm like, I know, I know we're not the only ones who've ever said this. Like a lot of people, and Kushida's brought it up in interviews. We've brought it up multiple times, but like seeing him in that match interact with Okada, I was like, dude, he could compete at heavyweight. Yeah, and was that was it 2016 or was it 2017 where he won the ROH TV title? Uh, it was last year. Last wasn't year, it? yeah, yeah. So I mean. In Ring of Honor, he was competing against heavyweight guys. He does everywhere else, right? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So and he's a guy. I feel like he's we for people forget how good he is. Well, remember you said earlier in the year, like, oh, too bad, you know, so sad for like Kushida. And I was like, bro, it's just what they do. They're putting him on the back burner. Right. He's in these multi-man matches. He's picking up. I just, I just really like him a lot. I want to see him featured more, but I understand that certain guys get kind of cooled off. You got to cool him off certain certain, certain periods of the year. And I know with Bessel Super Juniors now he's coming up. Have an incredible oh, best of super juniors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, bro, I'm ready for him. I'm ready for him to like challenge for the never title. Yeah, that like that's the next like step for him for me. Yeah, but yeah, bro. Like I don't know. Like maybe I'm crazy, but I could see Kushida being an IWGP champion one day. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, a friend from the show, uh, Ben Schaefer, aka Jimmy Flips. Oh, Jimmy Flip. He doesn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, uh, although uh, Ben, if you're listening, we've never given Ben a shout out. Yeah, dude. Ben listens to our show religiously. Actually, on his Snapchat story Bro, he last. Puts us over. Yeah, dude. On his Snapchat story, he posted like a screenshot of him listening to our show. Listen, uh, Ben. Jimmy Flips is a money gimmick. gimmick, bro. Run it. We're ready for for you to have your comeback run, brother. <laughs> you think we're joking? I'm not joking. Yeah. I believe in you, bro. Uh, but yeah, so he was messaging me today. You need to be in the best of the super <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, he messaged me today and was talking about you know, 
you know, what do you think about uh, Kushida and Osprey's interactions? And like, you think they can go heavyweight? Blah, blah blah. Talking about that, and I was like, he's like, so we're not the only ones who thought about that, right? Huh? He's like, do you see them? Like, how how would you see that going with them in the heavyweight? And I was like, honestly, I'm not sure. I I said I don't think they would be heavyweight champions. I could see them winning like the Never and the IC title. I'm not sure. Kushida, if I, I could. I said so I said out of both of them, I think Kushida would have the better chance of being the heavyweight champion. But um, I'm still not even sure if they would give Kushida a heavyweight title run. I mean, he still has that Back to the Future gimmick, but I feel like if you brought, like, made him a more serious competitor and, and put the book behind him and strapped that rocket to his back, yeah, I could see it, bro. Like, Kushida is arguably... Bro, it's funny because every... Like, I always hear people be like, this guy's arguably top 10, top 10, top 10. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many good wrestlers nowadays, it's really hard to say who the top 10 is. But. Right. I mean, he's top 15 in my book. Yeah, he's amazing. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone had him in the like top five or something like that. He's that good. Yeah. People, for, they sleep on Kushida. Yeah, that's, that was my thing back in December, you know, or back whenever it was. And I was saying, like, you know, poor Kushida. I'm like, I just feel like overall, like, when I hear... They're not going to forget. He's a company boy. Right. They're not going to forget. I know they're not. But I just feel like overall, when you I listen to other podcasts that cover New Japan or hear other New Japans, like, talking on Twitter. listening to? Who are you cheating on our show with? And, you know, I, I like to listen to the competition, to see, you know, see how we sound compared to them. By, by competition, you mean Wrestling Observer Live? <laughs> wrestling, sure. you, you like to hear what uh, Dave and uh, Uncle Dave and and, uh, and uh, cousin Brian like no, to say. No, about man, it. there's some other guys out there too. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, but, um, but I just, and even on Twitter, like I don't see like a lot of guys, you know, getting uh, guys or girls getting like hyped up about Kushida. He just seems to be. I like think a, it's the gimmick. Yeah, and also maybe like it doesn't translate so well over to like North American fans, but I mean, anyone who sees this guy realizes very quickly he's one of the best workers in the world. Yeah. So this match here, um, it was Okada getting the win. It's the Rainmaker, Rainmaker on Kushida. Kushida. One, two, three. And oh, and did we get any like final interactions between him and uh, Tanahashi at the end? I felt did, like we did. Didn't they have a face-off at the end? Maybe. I'm, after, I'm kind of forgetting. Uh, I watch these shows back-to-back. They start blending into each other. But, yeah, this yeah. match was good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had a face-to-face after this match. So that brought us to the next match of the show, which was the rematch from uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Handsome Battle! <laughs> which I am super excited about. I, I don't know. The American Nightmare Cody against the Golden Star Kota Ibushi. And we kind of talked about this match um, off air because it seems like a majority of people who are um, covering New Japan seem to not really care for this matchup. Yeah, and I mean, there's it had this match has its fair share of criticisms, and I get that, and I'm not like against that at all. I just personally really enjoyed this match. Yeah. I'm not going to put it over and say it's like Cody's best match. It's surely not Kota Bushi's best match. Um, I don't even think it was as good as like Hangman and Cody from uh, Supercard or anything like that. You mean uh, Hangman and Coda? Oh, uh, yeah, Coda. <laughs> Coda and Cody are so easy. 
Bro, I mix names up so bad. I'm like Vince McMahon, like early 90s, just like. <laughs> How about the other day I was watching uh, Glamour Girls versus the Jumping Bomb Angels, and he didn't know the name of the Jumping Bomb Angels, so, you know, because they're Japanese, and he's like, uh, let's just call that one pink and that one red. And he's like, the red angel. <laughs> oh my the God. pink angel, what a maneuver. And oh I was like, my gosh. I was like, are you serious? They, they don't have a producer there, like, giving him the names? <laughs> anyway, so. Um, I thought personally that this was, I wouldn't even say a fine match. I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was the best match of the night. Uh, I don't know. I kind of I like the Omega Page match. I thought that was good, but I I like this better. A lot better, actually. I Mm. I rated this like around four stars. Mm -hmm. And if someone made an argument for like four and a quarter, I really wouldn't like fight him on it that much. But it's probably for me like four stars. Mm -hmm. And I don't. What what do you think it was about this match that people did not like? Well, I think the key thing is a lot of people just don't like Cody. Mm -hmm. And they don't think that Cody is, you know, at the New Japan, you know, quote-unquote standard, like his in-ring skill doesn't match the guys in New Japan. And that's true. It's true, but I feel like people, you know, harshly criticize him because of that. And, you know, when he's in the, having these matches with, like, Ibushi and Omega and guys like that, um, he's graded on a much harder scale than anybody else. That's my pro- That's I don't think it's consistent. It's, yeah, it's Consistency. consistency. Rance, if you're listening, consistency. <laughs> no, uh, but, um, I, I don't think it's consistent because, okay, a um, couple things. I think Cody brings a different element to New Japan that is much needed. I think that his character work and his storytelling is phenomenal. Not only that, but like, okay, is he up to the Kenny Omega or Okada le- like standard of wrestling? No. No, like in terms of physicality and all that, no. Mm-hmm. But he is a fantastic wrestler, and I don't think anyone can take that away from him. And I think he has grown leaps and bounds, and I think he has start. Now he might not represent what we would call strong style, right? But he is acclimated to the New Japan style, and he has grown by leaps and bounds. And, and he's I gotten also, so much I better. Think, I think he adds like a little bit of the WWE flavor to the matches. Um, which are it's, but, it's good, but, but not like to me. Cody, does, it's not like when I see Cody, I think like Roman or Dean Ambrose right. or something like that. No. Do you know what I think? What? He reminds me of like Rick Rude, yes, Mister Perfect, yes, Jake the Snake Roberts, Rick Martel. These like these guys who told stories in the ring, and it's like okay, so he slows the pace down a bit, but he's a heel, and he's doing he's a heel. He's a heel. <laughs> And the thing is, is like, oh, and like he is stealing from Hulk Hogan so bad lately. Like, <laughs> I don't know if, bro, like I remember um, when he first started doing this heel persona and everyone was talking about how he was copying like Flair and studying Flair. And no doubt he was. And I'm sure that he gets a lot of his inspiration from him. But lately he is taking from Hogan. He is doing Hogan's moves. He's doing Hogan's mannerisms. He's got the, the belt. white belt. Yeah. But I love it, bro. I love I, it. I love it too. And the thing that's so weird to me is like, I love the Miz and a lot of people love the Miz, but I think Cody's a better wrestler in the ring than the Miz. Yeah. That, way better. And don't get me wrong. Miz just had a, 
awesome match with Seth Rollins on Backlash. But overall, I feel like, you know, people have to joke and call Cody, you know, the three-star savior. Which like, he is. He, you know, but I feel a guy like... we need to be consistent. He yes, is. He is. But I mean, I feel like a guy like The Miz could be called a three-star savior. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's the same thing. Miz has a great character, great promo, but he he's not of the standard of a Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, a Finn Balor, you know, guys that can really work. I mean, they, he, you do have those occasions like this past Sunday at Backlash where he does get a really phenomenal match, but he does not always perform on that level. And I feel like Cody overall... If you look, if you could last year and you put all their big matches back to back, like compare them, I'm pretty sure Cody would have the uh, overall higher star rating average. Now, now, being on the other side of things, I don't think you're incorrect, and I don't think the people that dislike Cody would even argue with that because, again, we got to take in consideration we're talking about New Japan fans, and I think they would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that's not really to them. They're like, that's not the argument. The problem is he's not up to our like their expectations. Right. But you know what I mean, like. He, sure, he's no Shibata, you know? Right. He's no um, Will Ospreay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But he's Cody, he's, and there's no one like Cody yeah. in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, at, like, at one point we were like, it, uh, I remember in the beginning of the year, like, Rich was asking us, is he good enough? Or, you know, and I mean, mm-hmm. and we were like, he's still trying to find himself. And then when Wrestle Kingdom came around, I was like, dude, Cody is a star. Yes. He's a star. Now... It's more like his his in-ring work is starting to slowly catch up to this character that he's built for himself. I'm, I don't like – I don't watch Cody matches and think to myself, oh, God, here here we go. All right. Because I'm entertained every single Bro, match. Bro, so in. am I, dude. I love Cody. Uh, I'm always entertained, you know. There, there are guys that I like. That I think are maybe okay. Let's let's take an example like Jay White, mm-hmm. a guy who has his fair share of criticisms and stuff, and some of them are warranted, some of them are overblown, out of proportion. But um, if you were just talking about like the New Japan style, he's probably quote unquote better. Mm-hmm. But I think that overall, Cody's matches are better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Uh, you, you you don't hear people talking like that because they they don't want to admit necessarily that Cody is as good as he is and he's very very good. I've also noticed that Ring of Honor fans love Cody and New Japan fans loathe Cody yeah. and I'm starting to learn slowly but surely that the crossover between those two sections it doesn't cross over as much as you think you, it does. You, you would think it would, but it doesn't. It does I, mean, I mean, and like um, we saw. We were at Ring of Honor house show, what was that, a few weeks ago. They love him. In Lakeland, bro, and they were going crazy for Cody. Every Ring of Honor show I've been to, which is recently in the past, you know, I don't know, five, six months, it's been three. We've been to three shows, yeah. They love him. He is so over. New Japan shows, like went Long Beach, he got booed out of the building. Right. Bro, he got booed on this match. Yeah. Dude, I remember, like, listening and being like, he's audibly getting booed by, like, a Fukuoka crowd. All right. And I they remember, don't boo anyone. And I remember one of our early criticisms about Cody was we felt that the, the Japan audience really didn't even care about Cody. Like, he would come out, there would be no reaction, yep. no chairs, no yep. boos, just nothing. Like, yeah, remember hair- I said he was like he was like every guy from WCW, like, in the mid-90s. He's like your Lex Lugers or your Rick Rudes, like, they just, or Sting. They just don't care. Right. Right, I mean, it's like Ron Simmons in WCW or yeah. in New Japan. Like you know, they don't care. But now they, they they, can't, they care. Yeah, they boo this man. 
Uh, now they might not like him, right. but they care, bro. And so that's when like he brings something that's much needed to New Japan in in the the sense of like character and storytelling and like heelism and like he carries on this tradition of like fo- like the the cocky American foreign heel who is dastardly and like he's getting heat, bro. And so it's like he, if he's getting heat now, I know like New Japan's more about sports style wrestling, but this guy's an entertainer and like he's awesome and yeah. like anyone who who says otherwise is they're fooling themselves I'm sorry like that's my hot take like they're yeah. fooling themselves I don't mean to criticize people and we all can have different opinions but um, now I'm not saying Cody's the greatest thing in the world right and obviously he's not he, Okada yeah he's not you know the best entering performer there is no we're not saying that but he offers a lot to um, the wrestling business and I mean even look you know super card of honor Yes, Kenny Omega was a huge draw, but there had to be somebody on the other side. Yeah, like this whole thing with with the Bullet Club and stuff without Cody, it doesn't work. Yeah, and people can say like, oh, well, he's a wave rider and he's you know riding on their coattails and stuff, and maybe there is some truth to that, but they're all doing that because none of them were there when it started. Right, right. <laughs> you know, Devitt's in in, in WWE, uh, freaking um, AJ. Well, no, no, no. I'm, uh, the, I'm talking about just the original yeah. for uh, not Gallows, but uh, Carl Anderson. Yeah, Carl Anderson's in WWE, and you know, obviously, like Fale and 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 Tama almost like had to take a back seat to the stardom of the other guys, but they're the ones who started that whole thing. The only guys who were like really like been there, been there from the beginning, there are like the Bucks, and they only came in a little bit later. All right, but they all. Everyone, everyone who came in after that, AJ, Kenny, you know, the Bucks, all these guys, they they grabbed a hold of this brand that elevated them and they elevated it too. Cody's doing the same thing that they all did. Right. Just in his own way. Uh, I mean, can you can you really hate the guy for not being Kenny Omega? No. There's only one, one Kenny, Kenny Omega. Omega. There's only one Okada. There's, there's only, only one, one Tanahashi, one Ibushi, like... He's not going to be those guys, and he, he, you know, he's getting better, but he might not, he might not ever get to that level. But bro, the the Cody that we're seeing now, he's having a banner year. He's having a banner like career like phase of his life, and this is a guy who was dressed up like Stardust two or three years ago, right? This is a guy who like nobody cared about, and he's one of the hottest acts outside of WWE right now, and yeah, he matters in New Japan. He yeah. matters. And you know what? He got a freaking clean win, win over Abushi. Yeah. I think part of it was like the stalling. People don't like that. And they don't like a lot of the like uh, uh, taunting, the taunting powder. And, yeah. They don't like that, which I get it. I get it. Like, but not every match can be not every match. Not that it, it's not even that it can't be. Not every match has to be like Hanari and Ishii. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's a spot for Yano. You got people over here who are like, oh, you know, Yano brings this element. Kenny brings his element. You know what I mean? Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., like, people are like, oh, well, Zack's not for everybody. But, like, but he's over, like, Rover. And then Kenny – and then Cody comes in and he's bringing this whole other dynamic and element, which I appreciate and, and enjoy because no one else is doing it in New Japan. And he's hated for it. And it's not even just, like, 
now for some people it's like real heat you know it's like he's a heel and they they hate him but for other people they got like he's got like go away heat with some fans yeah because they think he's like i don't know maybe they think he's americanizing like the new japan product or some something like that but well i think a lot of people they just see like they this quote unquote wwe reject that's taking a spot from somebody from one of their favorites i think he's a draw man I'm not saying he. I'm not saying he's gonna sell out like the Tokyo Dome or anything like mm-hmm. that. But uh, he's getting reactions. Well, I think the. Pr- I mean, just look the at his. R- in the pudding. Look at Ring of Honor. I mean, uh, house shows are up. Attendance has been up. Uh, Pay per view buys have been up since he's been in Ring of Honor during his whole uh, Ring of Honor World Title run. You know, a lot of people might want to say, "Oh, it's because of New Japan why the Ring of Honor houses are up," and that's not true. You can look back to non uh, New Japan co. Branded shows and see that the attendance has been up. Yeah, I mean, we, we've gone on with this, and I think we gotta kind of wrap, wrap it up. I think it's, yeah. but this was for me. I thought that this match was very, very good. I thought it was a fitting um, uh, sequel to the first match that they had, which I thought was va- I thought was better than here. And obviously, there's no Brandy. <laughs> oh yeah, that was kind of disappointing. <laughs> but, but Brandy did add a lot to that match and to the pre- overall presentation. But I thought this match was really, really good. The strike exchanges were good. Everything was crisp in the ring. Kota Bushi was doing crazy stuff. Cody was doing crazy stuff. Yeah, the the, 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 was ta- like the table spot. The table spot was dude. Awesome. How can you not? How can you not respect Cody for taking that double stomp through, oh, through the God. table, bro? Bro, I don't think we talked about it here. Did we talk on the podcast about that? Uh, the podcast I was talking about with Gato and and Kenny Omega talking about the table. We talked about it off 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 the air, I believe. So so Kenny was on um, Talk Is Jericho like months and months ago, and they were talking about the ch- the tables, and they were talking about you know him and Jericho were talking about how the tables never break, and he's like, yeah, I've actually brought that up to Gato and been like, maybe we should get some uh, some different tables, you know they. They don't really break. He's like Japanese style table. He's like he's like strong style table. He's like authentic. It's Japanese. And he's like yeah, but it's it's kind of detrimental to our health. <laughs> he's like no no no. <laughs> like like so yeah, it doesn't matter if you guys like are killing yourself on on these Japanese tables. Like we're not changing them. Like yeah. that's what we're gonna use. But yeah, Koda did like what two double stomps. Yeah, he did. He did the double stomp off the top rope, and I mean, the impact of the second one, like the first one, looked awful when he yeah. did when the table didn't break, and I was like, my god! And then he did it again, and he like crushed the middle and just sunk into it like he was Uncle Fester laying in bed, like <laughs> like he just sunk into it, and he looked like he was in so much pain, and his back was bleeding. Like that was an awesome spot. And then, um, how did this match even wrap up, bro? Like. Um. So the end of this match up here. Oh yeah, he kept he kept trying to get him with the, the Kamagoye. Cody kept countering the Kamagoye. Thinking man's wrestler. Yeah. So he, at the very end, he countered the Kamagoye again. Uh, crossed the floor. Abushi dives over the barricade to wipe him out. And then um, back in, Cody hits the crossroads for two. And then he hits um, his new uh, vertebraker finish for Ooh, the win. That was almost bad. The way that uh, I don't know whose fault it was. If maybe, or it could have been both guys. Mm-hmm. Luckily, everyone was safe. But the way he dropped Coda and the way Coda, like, instead of tucking his chin, he started to, like, lean back. Maybe it was just gravity. Mm-hmm. But he almost, like, dumped him on his head. I was yeah. very nervous about that. Um, he, what he calls this new move deep fire yeah 
Which I believe is, it's, a, it's a video game reference. Yeah, it's a uh, it's Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah, which I I freaking love Legend of Zelda. It's like one of my all time favorite like series. But yeah, so. I thought this match was a very. I mean, what would you rate it for you personally? Because I, I uh, I'm probably higher than you, I guess. I don't know. I'm like kind of like three between like three point seven five and four. Okay. So you liked it like quite a bit too. Like yeah, I rated their Wrestle Kingdom match four and a half, and I'm I feel like I'm the only person in life other than like James Boyd who felt that way. Like, no, I rated it. I think I rated it four and a half. Maybe maybe I was four and a quarter. I can't remember. You're a little bit lower, but okay. I mean we were both pretty high on it. And a lot of people were like, you know, some people thought it was great, but no one seemed to be that high on it. This match, bro, I saw people giving it like two stars. Yeah, bro, three stars. What? Like I don't I don't get it because I thought it was a fitting match. It was a very. I thought it was just very good. That's it. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say match of the year. It wasn't a match of the year contender. You know, it's not gonna be like a contender for match of the month or anything. But I just thought it was really good. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe, really- maybe I'm a mark. I don't know. I don't even like Cody. <laughs> the thing is, is like I'm trying to be objective. Like I'm not like sitting here being like I love Cody. But he's, he's good. But he's good. Yeah. And anyone who thinks he's not, like you're crazy. Yeah. Because this guy's awesome. Anyways. So let's go to this main event. Omega and Adam Page. Hangman. Yeah, so before the bell, uh, Cody came back out and him him and Hangman jumped Omega from the beginning. That's right. And uh, Cody brought a table out. But then Omega's finally, you know, able to come back and fight them off. I was glad to see Kenny Omega in a singles match. It's been too long. We haven't seen him since what? Since the Jay White match? No, bro. Supercard of Honor. I don't. I don't count that. It was outside of New Japan. <laughs> Plus, that match had so much tomfoolery. I have to go back and rewatch it to see if I even like it. Because yeah. at the time, we walked out of there, and we're like, one of the best North American matches <laughs> of the year. And then I thought about it, and I was like, was no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that good. But the moment well, was good. being there live, bro. We just... should watch it live tonight. And yeah. we, we should watch it back and see what we think, and then like report at, back because we haven't even watched it back. Um, but I thought this was good. Uh, but, really, but really, was the Jay White match is the really last Kenny one-on-one match in New Japan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he's been doing Golden Lovers Yeah, stuff. Golden Lovers matches. Yeah. So um, Adam Page came in here with a groin injury. Uh, hats off to that guy because he worked through it. And I don't know how bad the injury was, but he was able to – you could tell he was moving a little funny. But all but, the, but he was still doing was crazy stuff and flipping and doing high spots. And that's, all, all. A, that, that's another guy who's like one of the most improved this year. Oh, yeah. Like right now, probably like him, um, Hanare, uh, Chase Owens, and like as weird as it sounds, Juice – even though, like, every year it's, like, Juice is the, one of the most... <laughs> like, every single year of his career, like, Juice is one of the most... But, like, he really is still, like, getting mm-hmm. better. Right? Like, for me right now, those those guys are, like, in a four-way, like, race for that for that uh, award, basically. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I thought this match was really, really, really good. Um, I mean, you seem to like it a little bit more than me, so what were your thoughts? Yeah, man, I really enjoyed this match. I know a lot of people uh, complained that there was, like, too much smoke and mirror like the Cody interference like the ta- I agree the table spots I but agree. I, I understand that you know they were trying to probably cover up for the fact that you know Hangman was injured I come slack for that too yeah. I, I thought the same thing but I over I don't know what it was but I really enjoyed this match I really did. I like the smoke and mirrors aspect to it <laughs> I love smoke and mirrors <laughs> <laughs> like dude 
We I, don't, I don't want to see two guys get in there and have a catch us catch Ken style <laughs> wrestling match. I want to see some chair shots. I'm not saying that. Okay. I want to see a barricade <laughs> spot. I'm not saying I want to see that every match, but I think there are certain <laughs> matches that call for it. And this thing has been very heated. I mean, this goes it's been building. Yeah, this this goes back to when you know new uh, beginning. The whole thing where the whole Bullet Club implosion happened. Yeah, with uh, Kenny, you know, ref- refusing to let Hangman get the U.S. title shot. Yeah, he, uh, he refused to let him go over too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but um, the I love the um, the last right or the, I mean the rite of passage um, on the table and uh, let's um, talk about that. So I watched it mm-hmm. and the way I saw it and I didn't do a replay, but maybe I could be wrong here. But the way I saw it, I saw Hangman's knees hit the ground and also kayfabe alert is we're gonna break kayfabe here in a second. But uh, I saw his knees hit the hit the table. Then I saw Kenny not hit the table like his head I did not see his head hit the table then the next thing I know he's bleeding on the top of his head like he's Will Ospreay at, at uh, what was it Don Talk or I'm sorry um where he almost killed him. Sakura Genesis. Sakura Genesis. And it looked like a legit like head injury. Did yeah. his head hit that or was that a blade job? I think his head because I know we were talking about it. And I was, I, the, I was telling you about I got the blade jobs confused. Yeah, uh, you, you, you were talking about Naito. I, right, I knew Naito right. got bladed. No, but I think his head did hit. Because you saw there was, like a, there was a, a clear imprint in the table. Those were not, I don't think those were knees. Those imprint. were knees. Really? Yeah, those were knees. It looked like I'm one not, big I'm, circle to me. No, he didn't drop him on his neck on the, on the, I'm not saying that he couldn't have hit his head or, right. or got cut open. I'm not saying that. I just didn't see it. I was wondering if maybe you caught it. But that, the implosion, right. the brunt, brunt force, Boy, that, was that, wasn't, that wasn't Kenny's head hitting the thing. Kenny would be dead. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, maybe a little. Well, I'm sure a piece of that, piece of the wood that probably ricocheted. And Could have. Yeah. Could have. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. But I just was curious. I didn't know if, like, I was like, man, this dude's blading on the top of his head or what? Or maybe just, but it wasn't a precarious spot where you wouldn't really normally blade. Like, you wouldn't blade on the top of your head. Mm. So he must have actually hit it, I guess. But I don't know. But yeah, I thought this match was was really good. I mean, Hangman, bro, is doing crazy stuff out there. Like, this is a guy who's coming for... You know, he, he wants a top spot, bro. Yeah. He wants a top spot. And, like, I think we were talking about – we what we, we were, like – we listed him as one of our most improved of the year last year. And surprisingly, he got a lot of votes. Probably because he's a Bullet Club guy. Yeah. And the popularity, like, more familiarity. But, bro, this year, like – with this match, the match with with uh, Jay White, the match with Kota Ibushi at super, that Super Card. Oh, oh yeah, that match was fire. I was hoping this would be like a, a breakout. I didn't think it was quite. It that. was not a breakout performance, and I'm I'm pretty sure that had to do with the injury. But he was competitive. It yeah. wasn't like in any sense like, um, and there was times where it almost he, uh, he hit him with uh, the Dude Buster at one point. Did you notice that? Um, or I don't know if you called the dude Buster. It was it, that's the move that uh, that Trent Beretta, Trent Beretta uses. Mm-hmm. He did a like a variation of that move, and I, mm-hmm. I for for a second there, like he got a near fall off. Of I it. think he did a, 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 I think he did it forward though, and not the way that Trent does it. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, Trent does do it behind, almost right. like the rights of passage. Pa- right. Yeah. Yeah, he did it forward. Forward. Yeah. Which I thought that was cool. Yeah. And um, man, let me ask you, what's your take on this? The V trigger, bro. 
I love the V trigger. <laughs> okay, I know that you love the V trigger, and so do I. I mean, we every single knee strike that we see in any match ever, no matter how slow, how fast, how cool, how terrible it is, we call it the V trigger. Like, yeah, I'm sitting here watching 1986 like wrestling and watching guys do a a, a knee lift, and I'm like V trigger. <laughs> We're watching, you know, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jackson. I'm like V trigger, V trigger, V trigger. <laughs> but um, how many V triggers is too many, bro? I, I don't know. I do get it's it's one of those moves that are are spammed. It's like getting like the Brock Lesnar German suplex and F five. I mean, they're awesome and like, but it's it's starting to get to the point where like over the years, it's like the amount of V triggers in every match is like increasing, increasing, increasing. And mm-hmm. now it's like between this and the Jay White match, I'm like, how many freaking V triggers is this dude? Like, like you should like they look so devastating that like it, you know what it reminds me of was when Cesaro first doing started doing the upper. The pop up, the pop up uppercut. Yeah, that you're going to jail now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to jail yeah, now. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, bro. Oh my god, those bring me back to the winghouse days. Me, Rich, and James watching guys get thrown up in the air. You're going to jail now. Uh, but I was like, that should be his finisher. And like, I love the one winged angel, but like the V trigger is so devastating. You're like, this should be killing people. Yeah, and they get like ten V triggers. Like, I, I bet you, like, between this match, the um, Y2J match, and the Jay White match, there's probably, like, over 30 V-triggers. Triggers, yeah. You think I'm exaggerating? No, I'm not. You think, like, bro, think about that. How many of these things is this guy going to hit? It, yeah. It's, it's too many, bro. It's like when you're playing the old SmackDown games and you start your thing with, like, oh, infinity finishers and you just, like, keep hitting no, it. No, it's not. You know what it's like? It's like when you create, uh, create a wrestler. And you give them all. And you give them all super moves that, like, you shouldn't really have. Like, you have no filler moves. You just have super moves the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, flying knee, flying knee, flying knee. It's like, freaking A. Like, yeah. how many flying knees this guy can get hit with? So, I don't know. That, and I'm... Um, Kenny's still like the best in the world but mm-hmm. man I don't know sometimes I just think it's too many I don't know I just love it so much <laughs> but um yeah I thought that this match was very very good ultimately um I thought he like clipped uh it looked like he knocked him silly with one of those V triggers too like yeah. Hangman started like either Hangman's a really good seller or he, or he got like knocked silly yeah but uh yeah um he countered the one-winged angel. Uh, oh, obviously Snapdragon. I really liked the finishing sequence to this match. Um, Omega was killing with V-Triggers. Double underhook power driver for two count, which what? The J-Driver? J-Driller. J-Driller, yeah. And then uh, Paige was out. He hit him with the V-Trigger, one-winged angel. One, two, three. So even with the with the uh, rites of passage on the table, couldn't put away good old Kenny. Yeah. So, yeah, that wrapped up uh, night one. A very good night. Um, now we're going to go into night two. What would you uh, rate that match? Drop some, uh, drop some stars on me. I think I was at four for that one. Mm, I'm like three and a half. Mm. But it was good. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, three and a half. Bro, we, we're at this phase in life where people think if it's not like four and a half, it's not a good match. It's yeah. like, uh, uh, three is a good match. Anything over three is actually like good. Four is like great. And like when you get to five, you're talking about like one of the best matches in the history of the sport. Like, we need to redefine these, like, match ratings. Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, May 4th was the second night here. Uh, Let's run through these pretty quickly. We spent a lot of time on that first night. Yeah, a Uh, lot of this we don't have to, like... 
kill or anything like that, especially since a lot of it was like very similar. Yeah. But um, uh, we got Taguchi, Tiger Mask, and Jushin Liger um, taking on Umino, Ren Narita, and Yamura. I thought that this was a good match. Uh, I thought Yamura had a better accounting of himself than Suji. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we got the typical Tiger Mask and Jushin Liger, you know, kind of grumpy old guys. And then uh, Taguchi again with the submission. He got him. Uh, who, I don't remember who he got. Uh, Narita again. With with the, the uh, ankle lock. The ankle lock. So both his finishers. So we're good there. Um Good, good little match, good opener. Then we got uh, our boys Chase and Yujiro taking on Yuji Nagata and Oka. Um, again, Oka gets jobbed. Uh, Nagata's probably beating him in the back with a like Singapore cane for like hours on end after that. Um, so Chase and Owen are kind of Chase Owens and uh, Yujiro kind of heating up. Yeah, they're chilling. Yep. Uh, also, they were the only guys who don't end up in the ten man tag later in the night. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, Shoyo and Rocky Romero, Rapongi 3K, took on Takamichinoku, Azuka, and Taichi, which I don't know why we had to see this again. I really don't, but uh, it happened again. One star special. This is the this is like the, one of the worst things in New Japan ever. Yeah. Um, Show gets the win. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Tomohiro Ishii and Togi Makabe uh, picking up the win against. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriano taking on Hanari and Togi Makabe picking up the win here again. Ishii and Toa Hanari, fantastic. We got callbacks to uh, Makabe and Ishii's you know feuds from years past. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Seven minutes, nothing crazy. Get them in, get them out. I am still waiting for the Yano Ishii title challenge. Well, they have to get in the back of the line because the big bucks are up. Oh, bro. Ishii and the bucks. We already seen them wrestle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Toriyano with his comedy and then their comedy. I thought oh. that'd be a really good Oh, match. yeah, it would be. Um, then that brings us to a uh, six-man tag. So you got Dave Finley, Juice Robinson, and Michael Elgin taking on Chaos, which was... Who was in that match that night? It was... Um, uh, Goto, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. Um, Yoshihashi got the win with Karma. Why? We need to stop and talk about that for a second. Why? I guess they're... After, after they just pushed Dave Finley and all that, why? I guess they wanted to throw Yoshihashi a bone. They really haven't done anything with him in a while. And they're like, let's give Yoshihashi a quick little win here. I don't know, maybe... I don't understand this booking decision at all. Getting, getting him primed for... I remember uh, watching it and thinking, really? Did they just do that? Yeah, getting him primed for a G1, maybe. He better not be in the G1. <laughs> Yo, there's a... Okay, that's something. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you said that, like, you're <laughs> just so serious about that. He better not be in the G1. Bro, like, the G1... Okay, so New Japan is, like... Very stacked this year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that could be in the G1, and there's a lot of guys who've been in it in the past who don't need to be in it right now. And I am firmly, firmly on, of the belief that Yoshihashi should not be in the G1. I I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why he had to beat Dave Finley. They've been trying to build this kid up, and I don't know, it's whatever. It's not like the end of the world, but it just did not make sense to me, especially when you got Goto. It, who you said it was Goto. Uh, Jay White and mm-hmm. Yoshihashi. Yeah, and you have Yoshihashi pick up the win. I mean, clearly, like if we're back to the whole David Finley's taking the fall, lol. Like juniors lose and Dave Finley loses, and that's yeah, the, like <laughs> like if that's where we're at, that's fine. But like, job him out to Jay. Yeah, job, I, job him out to Goto. Have one of the champions win. 
I mean, it's fine. I'm like, yeah. I guess, like, there are p- probably people that like Yoshihashi. I just don't. Yeah. And I don't get it because there's nothing gonna, that's going to happen in the near future with him. Am yeah. I wrong? No, I mean, he's just another one of those guys. He's a good hand. He's not getting a towel shot. Yeah. Him and Dave Finley going to run it? <laughs> I guess so. They're going to have a special singles match on one of these Red 2 shows? Like, well, you know, the uh, Best of Super Junior is a bunch of shows. You know, they might want to throw them in there somewhere. Nah, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did not understand that at all, especially with all the other title feuds going on. But really there weird. was an angle after this match. Uh, tai Chi came out and attacked Goto and Elgin after the match. and uh, With uh, the nightstand? Or yeah, the, with the, the mic, uh, mic stand? stand, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so that's building. We're we're you know to the next feud. We'll talk about that later. So that brings us to um, was this a was this a ten man tag or was this uh, uh, eight man? The next L- Lij against Suzuki Gun. Um, this was a one, two, three, four, five. It was a ten man tag. Okay, so we we got all five members of Lij taking out Suzuki Goon. Who was there? It was Desperado? Yeah, Desperado, Kanemaru, Lance Archer, Dayboy Smith Jr., and Minoru Suzuki. Were you surprised that Zack Saber was left off night two? He was clearly in Japan. Yeah, it was kind of weird because you know he's a guy he just. Uh, we mentioned before he just signed a full-time deal with New Japan. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Thankfully, eight minutes and thirty seconds. Um, I again don't have to rehash it. I'm just I'm over with. I'm over this feud. Right. I did not think that this. I didn't like the first match the night before very much, and I didn't think that this was better. Um, but um, you know, give give us the play by play. What happened? You know. All right, so... It's everything you would expect from L.I.J. and Suzuki Gun, essentially. Right. I'll go towards the end of the match here. Uh, Desperado uses a ref as a shield and hits a spear. Suzuki Gun clears the ring. He's working over Takahashi. Naito tags in, starts working over Kanemaru. Suzuki makes the save. Sonata is in, and it breaks down. Evil takes out Smith and Archer. Then it's back to Naito and Suzuki. Naito dumps him and then hits the Destino on Kanomaru for the win. Great. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That Destino was beautiful, too, by the way. Yeah. So, um, but the real story here... Well, it, so Suzuki-Goon basically leaves. They're throwing young boys around. Mm-hmm. LIJ's in the center, just, like, celebrating. They all throw their fists up and everything like that. Uh, again, Naito's out there. No white sans IC title, um, and then you know they all kind of like celebrated, and then you got like the main guys. They all kind of drifted off and left, and then kind of left Suzuki to kind of like ba- or Suzuki, Naito. Oh God, <laughs> uh, Naito to kind of like bask in the glory and do the tranquilo pose and everything, and then take us to the big story. Yeah, so Naito's walking up the ramp, you know, clapping hands with some fans. But did you and, notice like people kept grabbing him? Yeah, like he was like leaning. And people and people kept grabbing him. I almost kind of felt like maybe he was grabbing them. Yeah, the, he, like he, like he's a worker. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, some guy in a bushi mask just grabs, grabs him and starts punching him. Jumps over the rail, starts attacking him. Where was this? Where's the security? Right. What were the young boys doing? <laughs> yeah. What were the young boys? <laughs> Bro, you know the young boys got murdered for that. They're like, you let our top star. You let. So so just some some deranged maniac jumps over the guardrail. Right, and starts, you know, whooping on Naito. Next thing you know, pulls the mask off after some trouble to reveal Chris Jericho. Yeah, uh, 
Jericho with uh, the struggle of all time struggles trying to get the mask <laughs> off. I felt like I could have got it off way quicker than yeah. he, he, he had some trouble there. Um, but I feel like, you know, being the theatric guy he is, there's a certain way he wanted to reveal it. Yeah. And he's got black lipstick on. And he's, the eyeshadow. He's got make, eyeshadow. Make him look like he was like a Bushy fan. Yeah, he looked like what? something. Yeah, he looked weird. And, he, dude, his hair is long right now. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Greatest Royal Rumble? Yes, I did. Was his hair like that long just a couple weeks ago? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch it, so I, did, I don't I didn't realize like how long he's let his hair get. But uh, and he looks bigger too. Like has he gained weight? I think he has. Yeah. I hope he gets in shape. That DDP yoga ain't working uh, yeah, for him. <laughs> but we need to do a drop for DDP yoga, and then like call him afterwards and be like. Hey, bro, we, we did drop for you on our show. <laughs> we'll get a cease and desist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bro, he beat the crap out of Tetsuya Naito, bro. What were you What were you thinking, dude? My first thought was, I told you, I told you, I do not trust Chris Jericho. You know, he's cutting all these, oh my God. these interviews and promos talking about the money and how he's done and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, don't trust that man. Don't trust that man. <laughs> Do not trust that man. I refuse to be worked by Chris Jericho. Oh my god! And I knew Why he- am I taking so many L's on this podcast? <laughs> I knew he wasn't done, and you know he listened to his friend Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens screaming at him to go back to Japan, and that's exactly what he did. Wait, wait, wait! When did that happen? In the Greatest Royal Rumble, because Jericho came out at number fifty, and Kevin Owens was like, "What are you doing here? Go back to Japan." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, so he listened to Kevin Owens. He's back in Japan. Brutally attacked Naito. Who's Kevin Owens? I only know Kevin Steen. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wrestling? Or uh, what was his Ring of Honor? The. Uh... Uh, I don't know. I forget now. I'm just being a mark. I, I really wasn't watching <laughs> Ring of Honor back then. Um, but yeah, so Jericho gets the ring bell, cracks him with the bell. So, okay, so I will, I will say this. So, do you know when the blade job happened? I don't. I saw it clearly happen. So, Red Shoes was in the ring, and so were all the young boys, and Jericho was throwing the young boys around, and they were all, you know, and the staff and everything, and all these guys were trying to help Naito. And then I saw Red Shoes go over to him and, and get down on his knees, and the old school wrestling. I didn't even have to listen to. You heard it on what? On Wrestling Observer Radio? Yeah. I saw it happen. I didn't even know. Dude, I'm terrible at seeing when the blade gets passed off. You know what I'm terrible at seeing? When people slap their thighs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can't see that because I don't think. You know what? I'm starting to notice guys were doing it even back in the old, old days. And I'm mm. like. Did I just see Dynamite slap his thigh? Like, yeah. <laughs> did I just see Ricky Steamboat slap his thigh? Like, there were guys doing it back then, actually, a little yeah. bit. Not as much as now and not as obvious, but I'm starting to notice it. But anyways, but I never catch that. But I never miss a blade job. <laughs> you know why? Because I love color. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I saw uh, I saw Red Shoes over there, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh crap, he's blading him right now. And then if you, I don't want to. <laughs> sorry to break the suspense, everybody, but when uh, when Jericho's over. Over there and he's got the bell and everyone's paying attention to him with the bell. Yeah. Yeah, Red Shoes is blading Naito down there. And it's actually not even that good of a like a blade job because it's too obvious. I could see it, he's trying to make it look like he's helping him. Yeah. He's, he's clearly blading him. And then when Naito gets up, he's already like he's already gushing. Like that blade job was excessive. Uh that's why like guys shouldn't let other guys blade them. Right, yeah. <laughs> um also like they don't do it in Japan, so like no one's really used to it, but 
Anyway, he was already a bloody mess, and then that's when Jericho essentially came over him with the ring bell, and then at that point he stands up, and then you know you can clearly see like he's gushing at that point, but he'd already been bladed prior to that. It, yeah. it, it's you got to really pay attention to these things. Yeah, man, I, I oh I always miss the blade jobs, <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I really liked the way that the camera uh, angles were kind of handling this, like the production team, because they were selling it in a way to where they weren't focusing on it like they're trying to do quick cuts to cut away which they don't generally do because it was almost like uh you know how sometimes you see how they gray out the screen to like hide the blood yeah it was almost like that sort of effect and for a while they were like not focusing on it and then um oh it was awesome how like jericho all the young boys had him like pulled apart and everything like that dude lij is the worst backup (laughs) ever like you don't want to like catch yourself like on the wrong side of town in a, a fight because LJ ain't gonna have your back. <laughs> well, you know, like they can hear what's going on out there because you always see in the backstage promos. You, you, can you hear, hear everything you can in hear the backstage everything. promos. So I'm assuming maybe who knows? Maybe they were just like really like excited to go in, to get to like the the like locker room, and then they just like they don't have monitors back there. They, that's what I'm just gonna assume that they're not that bad. Yeah. This obviously was not as egregious as. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, or, or I mean, um, New Year's Dash. Ro- yeah, New Year's Dash. When they're literally, they were just right there, literally outside the ring. My God, at least they went to the back. Yeah, for they this went one. to the back, and then uh, they came out, and then it seemed like Jericho was was gonna leave, and then <laughs> he came back and just started pounding him <laughs> and pounding him, and I thought that was great. Um, I was not as shocked about this as I was about Fukuoka last December. Yeah. Um, even though I think, well, I started hearing the rumors, obviously, a couple days prior to that. I'm sure you did, too. Like yeah. PW Insider kind of, like, blew the lid on this. So they didn't do as good of a job keeping it under wraps. But at the same time, I didn't know what to expect. And I thought that the way they, I thought this was a really well done angle. Um, it didn't have the, for me personally, because we'd already seen it once at New Year's Dash, it didn't necessarily have the impact that, like, the um, the road to uh, Wrestle Kingdom that's what no 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 what it was the uh i'm sorry it was the tag league finals where they yeah did yeah um you know where don Callis took the that was just an all-time like classic, classic angle. angle yeah this was this was also very very good and i mean like you how often do you get angles like this in new japan so i'm i'm very 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 excited and then i'm so glad to get him out of that suzuki goon feud but dude he was like a 1.0 on the on the muda scale I mean, he was bleeding bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, bad, 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 bad. Like, as bad as any blade job you've ever seen, like, that's how bad it was. It was like they hit an artery or some crap. <laughs> he was gushing. Yeah. Um, not as bad as Roman at WrestleMania, but <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. Um, what were your, like, final impressions on this? And, like, what are you looking forward to, like, in the future with this? Uh, I'm just glad that Jericho um, came back to New Japan. He got me, bro. <laughs> how about how about the... Uh, uh, Lista de... Uh, Lista Ingobernables de Jericho. Los Ingobernables de Jericho. Yeah. I kind of want that shirt. <laughs> I, like, never want a shirt, but that one, I'm kind of like, that one's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's, like, better than the Alpha Club one. But yeah, I'm 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 excited, bro. Like, uh, you know me, I love blood feuds, bro. Yeah, Arn Tully, Duggan DiBiase, like I live for that crap. So I am I'm excited. Uh, I'm gonna do myself a favor from now on. 
and start listening to Uncle Dave when he says that a guy's coming back for a show because he's been saying for like literally all year he's coming back for Dominion yeah, he's yeah. coming back for Dominion and I've been like you're wrong you're wrong and they, maybe you should listen to your co-host that says not to trust Chris Jericho yeah but you don't know nobody <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. I should have listened to you. Uh, I, Bro, we're idiots, too, because literally, like, our show dropped, like, right before this happened. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, lit- like, literally, like, our show drops. And then, like, a couple hours later, like, it's like, oh, PW Insider's reporting that they see Jericho. And I'm like, dang it. Why did I say that on the air? I'm a fool. I'm a fool. So Jericho's back, everybody. I got worked again. Jeremy's the best. Oh, man, I love this episode. (laughs) Uh, So next up, we had the uh, 10-man tag with uh, Tenga Loa, uh, Tamatonga, Badluck Fale, Kota Ibushi, and Kenny Omega against Cody, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, and the Young Bucks. This was one, one team with with the kimono. We got team kimono and team no kimono. Yeah, Cody was furious. He didn't have a kimono. He's like, "Where's my kimono? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not part of the Bullet Club. I'm the leader of the Bullet Club." <laughs> I thought Kevin Kelly and uh, Don Callis's like calling was very good all show, but I thought especially for this match, like yeah. they did a great job telling the story. Um, also, Cody just keeps. His hair keeps getting worse and worse. Now he's got it shaved on the side, <laughs> and like it looks, it looks really bad. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing there. Uh, hopefully, get some extensions or some crap, and like does it big for Dominion. I don't know because yeah. this is, I'm not digging this at all right now. But yeah, I mean, this match was okay. Um, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was exactly. It was a fun. I thought it was gonna be like a hate filled, like yeah, tension filled, but it wasn't. There was it like wasn't. the main tension was between Omega and Cody, Cody and Kenny, and that was it. Yeah, really. That like that was it. And um, you know they they had a match. Everyone, you know, it was it was kind of like your standard ten man tag in New Japan, except like more less like heat behind it more just like it was it was kind of a good extension of the six-man tag that they had the night before and we got the continuation of the story of heavyweight marty Skrull trying to body slam uh balak fale and that was that played in the finish yeah he started he started the match trying to do it and the match trying to do it he got him up though he got him up but then fale it was just too much for him squashed him one two three OG Bullet Club and Obushi get the win. Then uh, post match, we see the OG Bullet Club throw up the two sweets. What happened to Cody and Kenny? Did they like fight? Into they the fought. Back? They fought to the bat. Okay, that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I almost didn't see it. I don't know if the cameras weren't on it or yeah. what was happening there. Yeah, they ran to the back. Um, Matt Jackson threw up the Matt and Nick Jackson threw up the two sweet sign. Yeah, and uh, later on, Matt was like, that's going to cost me $150,000. Yeah. Uh, and Don Cowles like, that's only three days worth of t-shirt sales for you. <laughs> How about Don Cowles is like, if a certain stooge is watching this program right now. Yeah. And they're like, you know who you are. And I was like, who? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it seems like Bullet Club is Bullet Club is, is Fine. Fine, except Kenny and Cody. Yeah, so which I mean, this this kind of place that theory I said a few episodes back, like maybe they kick both Kenny and Cody out of the we, club. We've had some fluid ideas though. I mean, at one point we thought they were splitting. At one point we thought yeah. it was going to go this way or that way. I literally, I'll I'll take the L right now and I'll I'll man up and call back to my track history. 
I did think we were seeing all the being the elite guys leave the Bullet Club. Mm. And I'm not saying it couldn't still happen, but at the same time, I mean, there was always that little nugget in the back of my head, like they're gonna leave the merch sales of the Bullet Club behind your merchandise, your dwindling merchandise, your dwindling merchandise <laughs> sales. Yeah. So um, this, I thought that this was good though, uh, to kind of like just set the stage that these guys are all cool with each other, and it's really just Cody and Kenny. So at this point, we're kind of getting some clarity, or at least some supposed mm. clarity, because this could take another turn. We don't know where it's going to go, but for now, Bullet Club's fine. It's just Cody and Kenny, and now we need to get that decisive match between them to really blow this thing off, and I don't know. Maybe the Bullet Club... Sometimes I just think the Bullet Club's run its course. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but five-year anniversary, really cool moment. All the Bullet Club in there together, throwing up the two-sweet. And that brings us to the semi-main event. Uh, here we go. Potatoes. Yeah, of the meat and potato of this show. So we had the junior title match of Will Ospreay defending against Kushida. Um, Kushida is 4-1 all time versus Ospreay. I'm wondering if that even fact. I know that they say he's four four one. I wonder if that factors in their what culture pro wrestling match or not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I know Kushida's only only lost to Will Ospreay up to this point one time, and that was uh, after Best of the Super Juniors when yeah. he, when he dropped the title to Will Ospreay. Right, and but so the whole story of this this feud, Ospreay wanted to prove that that wasn't a fluke, that he can beat Kushida again, that he is like the new top dog. Oh of, wait, was that that wasn't Best of the Super Juniors, was it? Was what? it? Or when was that? Was when it, did Ospreay beat Kushida? Yeah, that was at King of Pro Wrestling. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he lost him at the Best of Super Junior Finals last year. Right, he lost to Kushida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so um, what were your thoughts on this match? This was just a great match. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of these guys are such great workers, and we saw the interactions in the multi in the tag matches, and, like, they just, like, went all out here. Uh, I mean, they did a lot of callbacks to their previous matches, callbacks to spots from Osprey's previous matches. I mean, it's just a great match that escalated well throughout. I mean, there was a lot of drama. I know uh, Will Osprey gets knocked a lot for his selling, but I thought he sold very well in this match. My only issue with his selling is... The screaming? I, yeah, I think the screaming is a little bit too extra. Ah! <laughs> I was like, dude, like, calm down. <laughs> But overall, I think he has great facials. Um, he doesn't really. Look- Sometimes they're yeah. Most of the time, most of the time he does. Sometimes yeah. they're a little exaggerated. I think it plays into the whole screaming thing. Yeah. But you know, I'll say this. I think that I don't think that Kushida. I don't think Will Ospreay is my favorite opponent for Kushida. Mm-hmm. But Kushida is my favorite opponent for Will Ospreay. Like across the board, he he has great opponents. They're guys he he does he makes magic with, you know, Ricochet, um, you know, Marty Skrull, uh, different guys like that that he's had like long-standing series with. That uh, even like Zack Saber, they have great matches together. All all sorts of guys across the globe, but. I've never seen him and Kushida have less than a four and a half star match. Yeah. And I've seen them. I've seen all their matches. And I will say going back to, I believe it was invasion attack. I could be wrong, but I think of it. Invasion attack was the first time 
that I, um, yeah, because that was in April of like 2016, I believe, when they the first time I saw them wrestle each other. And that was the match where Will Ospreay had to sell the arm the whole time, and he was basically doing flippy crap using just the one arm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, his selling's incredible. Why do people talk about how bad his selling? And ever since then, like, it's improved. He's gotten much better. But um, these guys just, they, they always bring it. They always do magic mm-hmm. together and you know all the all the spots with Kushida catching guys out of midair oh dude I love when Kushida catches him with the arm bar yeah like midair I love that and then you know obviously Kushida can do everything like he I don't know he's like he's like the Japanese like junior Kurt Angle or something like that. Like, <laughs> he's just awesome bro he can do everything he can ground r- grapple he can you know wrestle he can you know uh, freaking high fly he can do lucha he mm-hmm. can do it all bro like there's nothing that guy can't do scientific wrestling and dude one spot I loved in this match was when um, Osprey got him in the upper in the corner for the Chicky Nando kick, and he did several uh, Chicky Nando. Oh yeah, he did kicks. a couple times in a row. I love that. that. Was I, love, I love that spot. Now let's talk about this. I feel like this match is getting hated on. Really, I I really haven't seen that much negative response from this match. Not negative, but I've I've seen a lot of like four stars, four and a quarter, three and three quarters. That's what I've been seeing online, and I was like, dude, this was like, I'm not gonna say it was the match of the year. And again, it's another in a long line of just fantastic matches from Will mm-hmm. Ospreay. Look at his dance partners, though. But I mean, like, I was like, oh no, four and a half, yeah, four I, and three quarters, maybe. I, I think I'm at four and a half. And here's something I thought about: has there, has there truly, in, in our opinion, has there been a disappointing junior heavyweight title match at all this year? Um, I didn't necessarily love the four way at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But you can't take away that it was a good match. It was a great match, actually. I It just wasn't my favorite or like, you know, but I liked it better than some of our other... Uh <laughs> Some of our other partners on the Social Suplex po- Podcasting Network. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought that that was the weakest of the year so right. far. But throughout this whole entire title run of Will Ospreay, it's just been nothing but magic. Every single match, bro. And I thought this this match was – it was just – it was right up there with, with his match against uh, – Hiromu is right up there. It might just be a slight notch beneath the match with Marty Skrull, but I mean, it was incredible. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I love this match. What do you think? Match of the night or no? <clears throat> no. No? The main event. The main event was match of the night. From an athletic standpoint, yeah. this was the best match of the night. Yeah. From like, uh, and not just from a flippy-do, like, you know, just the, like spot. It wasn't just a spot fest. The story that they told with the arm work. Um, bro, what's 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 uh, Will Ospreay new move called Stormbreaker bro that freaking move bro we've been saying for a while like well at least I know I've been saying I don't like Oscutter yeah I, I what are your feelings on that I think it's it's whatever it's I mean whatever yeah but I don't like it yeah. I've been like he needs a new finisher but that Stormbreaker is tight it is awesome yeah. and then the way he had to sell it like with the arm oh the super Oscutter though I oh yeah that. yeah you talk about RKO out of nowhere nope. yeah Kushida was just money. Kushida and him were money in this match. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, hats off to those guys. Um, let's let's talk about the big reveal, the big surprise. Yeah, so, first of all, Osprey retains with the Stormbreaker. Um, then after the match, um, you know, Osprey stay in the ring. It cuts to the Bone Soldier promo videos that we've been seeing the last several weeks. And then Tamatonga comes out. 
and um, you know he told he tells Osprey to turn around. Uh, I thought that was weird. Well, Tama being the one to reveal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I I want Tama to or Tama, however you say. I don't know what the pr- right pronunciation is. Um, I want him to be like a, a a guy, like a leader in the Bullet Club. I think he should be at this point. I feel I, th- I feel like he could be that Carl Anderson role. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It just seemed kind of came from out of nowhere. Like, yeah. Get up, Osprey. <laughs> get your punks up. Like. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, so he tells him to turn around, and uh, Bone Soldier is there. That uh, was not Bone Soldier. I know well, Bone Soldier. He was a, this, this. <laughs> well. A, a Bone Soldier was a behind soldier. him, and so um, turns around, gets attacked, and then Tamatonga makes the big reveal, pulls the mask off, and it is uh, Taiji Ishimori. Didn't I say? Yeah. No, I didn't. No, <laughs> no I really didn't. What? Like, but he was one of the top guys that he was who was rumored. Again, I should listen to Uncle Dave because that's who he was saying was like the 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 heavily rumored individual. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, Taiji Ishimori. <laughs> Taiji Ishimori. Yeah. And then um, he hit that. What was that movie hit? It was like a a, a suplex. Was a suplex into a uh, into a code breaker? I think so. I'm kind of I'm, like a flat like a flapjack into into a code breaker or something. Yeah, something like that. And uh, Don Callis had a great line where he goes, "I think I just saw that kid recently because Ishimori was an Impact, and honestly, Don Callis runs Impact." Bro, what about? Okay, so I mean, have you? Well, okay, so let's talk about this. What did you feel like the crowd's reaction was to Ishimori? I think they were they loved him. Did you notice like at first like it was like really quiet, no one knew who it was, and then yeah. like they they lifted the mask, and there was an audible. There was a reaction. Yeah, it wasn't quite Sonata like making his debut, and like nobody knew who he was. It wasn't right. that. Like, there was clearly people who knew him, but it almost was like a rustle around the crowd, like, almost like word was spreading because, yeah, you know, there are people who don't watch Noah, who just watch New Japan and, like, did not know who Ishimori is, and clearly they're not watching TNA or, <laughs> or anything like that, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he looks phenomenal. Oh, like, man, this dude is jacked. Yeah, he's vascular. Vascular, goddamn, pal. Vascular. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he's jacked, man. Um, and... There was some controversy about this. Did you hear about that? Uh, I mean, of people with him being upset that he left Noah to come to New Japan. Well, remember when we covered it like a few months back and I said that, you know, that he had kind of talked about wanting to expand his horizons. And then he did like the press conference said that he was officially leaving Noah Mm -hmm. and that he was going to try to go on to the international scene and like make a name in America. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think he might come over to New Japan. But no, they weren't really hinting at that at the time. But I just had this feeling. I was like, I think we'll see him in New Japan. And you were like, we shouldn't even cover this because it's not even like really a news story. <laughs> New Japan. And I was like, bro, I think, trust me, I think he's going to, and he, and at the time when we talked about it, way before anyone said anything, you were like, he's a guy I'd like to see him best of the Super Juniors. And I was like, that would be dope. But we're just kind of like spitballing. You know? Right. Nothing sometimes, serious. Sometimes we just say crap that we, we like, <laughs> we're like sowing seed. We're just planting seed. <laughs> planting seeds. We're just seeing, we're just seeing what grows. And then later on we can claim to be geniuses. But, yeah. But yeah, bro, the thing, here's the, pro- here's the, the problem though. The way it's viewed right now in Japan, and people were talking about this, was that it looks like he finessed. He pulled a Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> so he told him like, "Hey, I'm, I might be, I might be pulling a Kenta. I might be going to NXT or TNA. I'm gonna try to make my name abroad. Maybe do some PWG. Maybe do some Evolve. You know? Mm-hmm. Nope." <laughs> 
going to the big got boy. Him. I, I'm going to where the big boy is playing. Yes. And yeah, he got him, bro, because he didn't come to America. He went, he is exclusive. Well, te- technically he did. I mean he did impact several impact tapings. But that was in that's with the partnership with Noah. Mm. That wasn't several. He was over there. Like yeah. he was, that was part of the partnership with Noah. But that's done, dude. He's in New Japan now, and over there, this is seen as a really big deal because it's almost like um, Sonata did the same thing too, and with Wrestle One, and it was like kind of a big deal at the time because you know guys don't switch companies. Like it hardly ever happens. Like ever. Like you know when Muda did it in the two thousands, it was like a really. I mean, he left New Japan. It was like a really... When he went to All Japan, it was like a big deal. But, um, you know, nowadays guys don't do that. Like, you're either like you're a freelancer or whatever. But if you're signed somewhere... Right. You're not... Yeah. If you came up through their dojo or, yeah. you know, you're part of their, their fan base... It's almost like disrespectful. That's how they see it. I don't think it is. <clears throat> either I mean, do I. I mean, you want... You have a career, and you got to make the best moves for your career. Yeah, so that's I mean, like you know, if your your job was like you got a better position, a better offer doing the same thing somewhere else, and your job was like, how could you do that? But it's kind of like if you're if you're like a utility player in a company, and then you 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 switch like right in the middle, you know, and guys are invested in you, and they put time and money into you, mm-hmm. they see it as like a slap in the face because like most of these Japanese companies, if you're there, you have a job for life. Right, you're you're one of you're like. Like a, part of a family and stuff like that, but I mean, bro, I mean, if I was more, I'd leave too. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. Right. I get to be pulled up, bro. I get to be part of the bullet club. Get that that merch I get, money. I get that merch money. Heck yeah, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> so, oh man. Also, we'll get to best of super juniors, but I'm just gonna say it right now. I think he's winning it. Yeah, same here. With the way that they brought him out and the way that they clearly are building to a will like a Will Osprey, that he left Will Osprey flat. Yeah, laying. They might as well just spray painted him. They, <laughs> might, they might as well just put like B C for life, and then, and then ran like yellow, yellow up, streak, yellow streak up his back, bro. They might as well, do, bro. I don't. I wonder why the bull club's never done that. I don't know. They like we should tweet them and be like, guys, why don't you start spray painting people? <laughs> but anyway, so um, uh, a shocking end to a fantastic match, and that brings us to the grand finale of the tour. The main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of the universe, the one in a thousand, one in a hundred, you know, once in a lifetime, uh, you know, talent taking on the current ace, the rainmaker, Kazushika Okada. Probably the last big match we are ever going to get between these two guys. Yeah. And I mean, their record going into this match was four, four, and two. Yep, but you got to take into consideration one of those matches was when Okada was a young boy. Yeah. So if you talk about like from the main event, it's more like three, four, and two. Yeah. Is what it really actually. I mean, it is four, four, and two, but uh, technically Okada like was the last guy to like have the upper hand. He was the last guy to like win a title match between them. He's won more of their big, big main events. So I mean, but leading into this, you know, we gotta talk about it. So, you know, Tanahashi, back in the day, you know, 2011, 2012, he was on a, on the greatest uh, title streak of his of his career. 11 straight title defenses. He just won it in the main event at uh, 
Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. He gets challenged by this brash young upstart, <laughs> Kazushiko Okada, who just came back off of a terrible excursion to TNA. He has a mediocre match on the undercard of that same show, Wrestle Kingdom. He puts forth the title challenge. People are like, what? Like, Tanahashi is literally the ace of the company. 11 straight title defenses. It would have been like if... If to put it in perspective, Okada's on the title run he's on right now, and then like Jay White comes back and, and challenges him. him, like after one match, after having a mediocre match with Tanahashi in the Tokyo Dome, yeah, challenges him and then beats him at the next big pay per view. That's what this was, and that started off the feud between these guys. Which um, there's actually a really, really incredible well, a couple resources. If you the show buckle videos. They're on Vimeo now. Yep, Vimeo.com. You yeah. want to check those out. They That's a great way to catch up. Also, the 11 title defense uh, videos that, that New Japan just put out. But this match, tell me about what you thought about this match, Jeremy. Bro, this match was hashtag tremendous, bro. I mean, it had everything that you could possibly want in a professional wrestling match. It had drama. You had a hot crowd. I mean, the crowd, they wanted Tanahashi. They wanted Tanahashi to win. They They wanted Tanahashi to win so bad. And, you know, usually people, they want to be a part of history and see, like, records broken. They didn't want Tanahashi's record to be broken. They wanted Tana to win. I think it was... I think it was smart of them to have Okada lean into his heel tendencies. And Mm -hmm. you notice he, like, uh, re-dyed his eyebrows. I did not catch that. He bleached his eyebrows again like he used to when he was a heel, and that's when I knew. Like He, he did that at the beginning of the tour, hmm. and then he started trying to go for the tombstones on the outside and like take out Tanahashi and all that, and I was like, he's really... Like you've been saying, he's been healing it up all... All, uh, all this tour. whole tour, yeah. They, they were smart because I think they know their crowd, and they know like it doesn't matter where Okada is in his career. He's never going to get cheered over Tanahashi, bro. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, n- nowhere. And yeah, I mean... And throughout the match, I mean, they played off of, you know, all their past encounters. There were tons of callbacks to their previous matches. I mean, this was just, you know. You know what kind of remind me of in a way? Hmm. Now, I'm not, it's not a perfect analogy, and it's not like the match I'm about to compare it to has even a, a myota of the, uh, the history that this match has. But in a way... There are some parallels between when HBK and Kurt Angle wrestled. Yeah. You got Tanahashi, the old ace, you know, with all his legendary career and all that, you know, basically the Sean. And then you've got this this new star who's been killing it for years. He's at the top of his game. He's clearly the best wrestler alive in in Angle, a.k.a. Okada. And they're, they're meeting in a dream match, which obviously this isn't the first time they've wrestled. But... Um, Obviously, at that point in time, Angle's the best performer in the world. I mean, maybe not the like the best entertainer, but he's the greatest wrestler alive at that time. But he's never gonna be loved like Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Yeah, he's just not because he's because dude, there's something about HBK, and you know what? There is something about yes, there is something about Okada, and he is a once in a lifetime performer. And he, I think we talk about you know we go back and forth about him and Omega, but right now I think he is the best pro, pure pro wrestler in the world, <clears throat> and he's never gonna get cheered like Tanahashi it, it, going against yeah. Tanahashi. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. And, uh, some, that crowd, that crowd was just on fire for him. And something else I really liked about this match was it only took one rainmaker. 
Oh, yeah. You know what that kind of reminded me of? Hmm. So, you know, Tanahashi was just incredible in this match. Yeah. And he showed that he could still perform on the, on top, the big stage. Top level, yeah. But he's... But the story that they were telling was that he'd lost just a little bit of a step. Mm-hmm. Like, but he still was able to hurt Okada. I mean, Okada mm-hmm. was reeling at so many points in the match, and it really made you start to believe. Like, come on, Tana, go Ace, go Ace, <laughs> come on. Like, like I was marking. I was like, come on, come on, Tana, come on, let's do it. Just one more time, bro. Because yeah. I love Tanahashi, yeah. um, and I love Okada, but I love Tanahashi. Um, but. It reminded me of like famous boxing matches that I've seen where like you've got a, a, a top star, a guy who is at the top of his game and you've got like one, like one of these older champions coming back and they, they're still dazzling, they're still great, but they've, there's a little off their punches, mm-hmm. there's a little off their timing. There's, and then not only that, but they, they're, they've taken too many hits to the chin and if you catch them, they can still be great. They can still fight. They can still perform. But if you get them, all you got to do is outlast them, and and you got them. And it, that's kind of the story they told was that like Okada was doing every. He was using all of his vi- veteran wiles and doing everything he could to try to keep up with the greatest pro wrestler alive today. But he's just not anymore. He's not on Okada's level. Mm-hmm. And it took one one rainmaker, and it was like he caught him perfect. Yeah, it was like it was the one shot. That's all he needed was. And it was like out of nowhere, like Tanahashi was getting ready to run off the ropes to do something. Yep, grabbed him by the tights, pulled him back. Bow. And and it's a callback because in there now, like yes, Tanahashi has kicked out of the rainmaker before and on multiple times, but like in their first matches, he didn't. Yeah, and that was and it was shocking. And now it was, and even then, it was the youth and the like unexpectedness of Okada mm-hmm. that got Tanahashi. And at this point, though, he they know everything that each other are gonna do. They know every single game plan that they're gonna implement against one another. Now at this point, all Okada has to do is outlast this this old dog. Yeah, and, and I mean, and put him down. The downfall for Tana is he just couldn't hit the high fly float of the chest. Yeah, yeah, that was the one thing. Like, and o- Okada never allowed himself to be put in a position where like he was gonna get hit with that he knew that he could pretty much take everything else that tanahashi had to offer i mean bro those slaps were tanahashi. Oh. bro he was like he was like uh literally like blurring his or like uh swelling his eyes up he was yeah him so hard yeah oh man this match was great and you know what I, i'll say this out of all their matches it's not this is not the best match oh it's day. not um but still phenomenal but from a storytelling perspective this fits perfectly into the like six-year-long story that they've been telling. This was the perfect finale and cap to the story that that they've been telling. And I mean, like, I'll I'll just say it. Like, yeah, you might have higher star ratings from, like, Okada and, like, Omega, but this is the greatest, like, series of matches from a storytelling perspective that have that's ever taken place. So where are you at with the snowflakes? Four and a half. Hmm, I'm at 4.75. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. I'm. I'm. Um, I did think in the beginning it was a little bit slow. I understand why from from the story perspective. I don't think athletically this was what some of their other matches have been. <laughs> and even though I appreciated and loved the 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 snap finish at the end, and it, believe me, it hit some really high points. 
there was this intangible, like, half-star spectrum that I don't think they quite got to. Mm. That's not knocking the match at all. I know some people loved it. Like, Dave Meltzer was gushing over this <clears> match. <throat> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gave it five. I wouldn't either. I, yeah. I literally wouldn't. To me, to me, it wasn't. But at the same time, like, if someone tells me at the end of the year this is their match of the year, I'm not going to blame them at all because this match was that good. Yeah. So then, uh, post match, um, you know, we have the post match promo. Ghetto comes in, puts over Okada. It's unstoppable. Okada then puts over Tanahashi. Says he's achieved his record and says he will focus on being the best champion possible. He's going for a hundred, guys. Yeah, that is. He said that's his new goal. His new goal. <laughs> well, he, he had been said that like. Yeah, but he said it like on the mic. He's like, yeah. from here on out, going to a hundred is my goal. <laughs> Oh my god! That yeah. is stupid. <laughs> that man's dude. It's fun. Like he's a clown. Like he's low key a clown. Like yeah. even like a talk Jericho. Like they were talking about him. Scooby Dooby Doo. Yeah, Scooby Dooby Doo, and like him stealing like Nick Jackson's like gear, like every tour and like wearing it before the matches and stuff. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so he says he's on to the next challenger. He runs down all the the guys he beats and teases his next defense at Dominion, and he calls out. The best bout machine, Kenny Omega. And uh, he says, uh, you know, they fought to a draw last year at Dominion. Overall, their record is 1-1-1. So, you know, Omega comes out and Okada says, you know, they have to break their tie. And he wants a a no-limit match at Dominion. But Omega was like, hold on, we got to do one better than that. Let's do two out of three falls, no time limit. And Okada agrees, and we have our big main event for Dominion, two out of three falls, no time limit for the IWGP heavyweight title. Dominion's going to be lit. You know what? The only thing I think that they should do that make this match better? What? Put a cage around the ring. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, no, no one's leaving the ring. There's no, not going to be any table spots. Keep the keep the action on the inside. That's mm. what the original reason for the cage was. Was mm. we're not going. No one's no one's no, no running. In, no one goes out. Mm-hmm. You're gonna settle it here in the ring. Let's do it. First ever time in New Japan, a steel cage match. Nah, they're never gonna do it. Right. I, I freaking love the steel cage. Anyways, but I will say this, bro. The old school fan in me. Mm-hmm. Two out of three falls. That's like one of my favorite like stipulations of all time. I love two out of three falls match, especially like not like, oh, it's like, you know, Saturday night main event. We're going to do a two out of three falls match. You know, they're getting 10 minutes, so they just got to run through the falls. Like not that. Right. I'm talking like Flair and like Steamboat, 60 minutes, Broadway, two out of three falls. Bro, how long do you think this match is going to go? Well, I, I think it has to go at least over 40. Bro, they're going to play off of the match last year. They're going over an hour. They're going over an hour. Yeah. Because... But I'm saying the, the bare minimum is 40. I'm saying the bare minimum is, a, is an 60. hour. Because they already went an hour last year, and they brought up the whole fact of, like, oh, we were restrained by the time limits. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to go longer than an hour, bro. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be, like, a two-hour match. Yeah. But, I mean, bro, this is going to be, like... You know how people talk about Brett and Sean, the Iron Man match? It's going to be a two out of three. 
People are going to be like the two out of three falls match from Dominion. You remember like five years from now. Remember that two out of three falls match? Bro. Uh, okay. So remember when I was on uh, 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 One Nation Radio a couple years ago? We did the, me and me and Rich Latta. We did the uh, preview for Wrestle Kingdom. What was it? Nine. When they when they did the match between Omega and Okada. Or was that Wrestle Kingdom 10? Uh, that was 10. Okay. Yes. Think, right. What was the one we just watched? Eleven? I can't remember. No, bro. We just that was twelve. We just watched. Okay, so then eleven. Eleven, yeah. Man, I, I lose. Time's flying. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So eleven. So, and I predicted at the time. He was like, "What do you think of this? What do you think this match should be?" I was like, "The first ever six, six star, star match." And we have that on audio on in the archives. I was being sarcastic though. <laughs> but this is gonna be the first ever seven star match. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not. Like, hey. that, that, no, that would be the no, no hey, no hey. Seven stars doesn't freaking exist. I almost like six stars didn't exist either. I've kind of gone back on that, and I kind of think six stars shouldn't exist. I think it's stupid, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at the same time, like, I get it. I, I, it's just a way of saying like it's you know the match is better. But hey, if he does give it seven stars, we have it on record. I'm the first person <laughs> that have ever said that crap. What what are you expecting here, man? Dude, I'm expecting this this to be a blowaway match, probably match of the year. I think um, it's gonna be match of the year, bro. Yeah. I'm thinking like the the most epic encounter there possibly can be. I mean, they've never uh, they've never not delivered. Yeah. They've just never not delivered. They've every all three matches they've ever had have just been, been amazing. Like the best matches and I've this ever is seen, Dominion's so. second biggest card of the year. Bro, Wrestle Kingdom is gonna get a run for its money this year. Yeah, as soon as I started seeing all, all Dominion's matches flying out there, I was like, yeah, Dominion could be show of the year. And I think this is a perfect transition to go into the news and let's start off by talking about all the um, confirmed matches uh, for Dominion. So we mentioned this two out of three falls match for the IWGP title. Also confirmed for Dominion, the IWGP heavyweight tag titles will be on the line. Um, Evil and Sonata defending against the Young Bucks. This is the first opportunity for the Young Bucks to get the... Nope, it's not. Th- they've had a heavyweight tag title match before? Yeah. Yeah, they wrestled. Uh, I think it was at a destruction or uh, or one of those uh, B level pay per views. They wrestled the Briscoe brothers. They were the junior tag champions, and they wrestled the Briscoes, who were the IWGP heavyweight tag champions at the time. It was a title match. It was a title match. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So. Yeah, it was like it was uh, last year. I believe. Okay. But it was a B-level pay-per-view. Gotcha. Well, this is our first time as heavyweights. It is their first time as, as heavyweights. As declared heavyweights challenging for these titles. They have a chance to add to their legacy as the greatest tag team in professional wrestling today. They don't have that legacy. <laughs> the Legion of Doom has that legacy. What are you oh, talking oh about? God, let's not start this. It's not, uh, even a, <laughs> it's not even an argument, but okay. In, in this modern era. Does that, does that satisfy you? Sure. Um... Also confirmed uh, for Dominion, we have a triple threat match for the Never Openweight title as Goto defends against uh, Michael Elgin and Taichi. What are your thoughts on that? So, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of seems like they're throwing three guys together. Um, good for Taichi and good for Michael Elgin, and I. I'm assuming Goto's gonna retain here, but you just never know with the booking in New Japan lately what 
will actually happen. Um, I'm not looking forward to it because I'm not the biggest fan of triple threats in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. there's very few triple threats where I'm like, oh, that was a great match. So I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, it's not. We 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 mentioned that I think last week. What will they would they do a triple threat match for this title? Um, you know, I think it's fine. Um, I'm not super excited about it. I'm not down on it. I think it's just going to be kind of there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, I don't know. They've been building like this. Uh you know, feud, I guess, between, between, you know, these three guys, but it's not like a really, really well built feud or anything. I mean, it's, we're coming off of the heels of a, of a really good program between Goto and Juice Robinson. And, you know, that was just a couple of weeks ago. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I would have liked it if one guy had come out and challenged and then maybe we could have done some sort of round Robin or something like that. Yeah. Or a title eliminator. Yeah. But instead we're getting a triple threat, which I, I don't know. It's, it's new Japan. I just, I'm not I'm not loving it, you know. And then Oh yeah, yeah. I was right. It was Destruction. IWGP tag team titles. Briscoe Brothers defeat the Young Bucks at Destruction in Hiroshima. Man, look at the memory on. Wow. Man. 2016. Nice. Um so also for Dominion, we have uh the Alpha Chris Jericho. Oh, here's an idea. So they did this back in the day um, in the 80s. They did a round-robin tournament um, mm-hmm. between the Scorpion, um, Davy Boy Smith, and Dynamite Kid for the NWA – or maybe it was the WWF Junior Lightweight Championship. And it was essentially one match, but it was basically one guy starts, another guy wrestles him, and then the next guy – they basically did a B, like a, like a block tournament mm-hmm. in one match. Just and they were all quick ma- quick falls. I would like that. That's an interesting idea. It, it's a good match too. Mm-hmm. You should check it when I think it's on the on News Network. Mm-hmm. We should watch it. All right, yeah. But yeah, I would rather them do something like that and then the standard triple. Th- I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't really yeah. like triple threats. But yeah, also I was saying uh, Alpha Chris Jericho against Naito. Uh, I'm not sure if this is for the Intercontinental Title. I'm assuming it will be. I maybe. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if? Jericho, Jericho wins, wins the, the title, the greatest IC champion in in WWF history. Yeah, taking on the the IC title, and he'll he'll bring prestige back to that title. He'll treat it with honor. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. know. I here's my only thing with them. I'm enjoying the blood feud. I'm enjoy. I enjoyed the attack back in January. I really liked the angle here. But what what's lacking from that program is when the feud with Kenny first started. We got the promo video from mm-hmm. from uh, Jericho. We got to hear why he was doing what he was doing. We still don't really know why he's doing this against Naito. We don't know what the beef even is. Right. I mean, I hypothesized back in the day that it had something to do with, you know, the, the, the stuff that Naito was saying in all those interviews. That, and then also, like, you know, he saw the weakness with him being the... Uh, um, the Stardust genius, you know, and, and how it made him lose the match. And he was going to, he's trying to be tranquilo and he was going to mm-hmm. basically break, break Naito. But there's nothing really that's built off the story. Like there's nothing that's told us what's going on there. So I'm hoping that between now and Dominion, which we, we, we do have quite a ways to go. What that's in June. Yep. We get something more from Jericho. Like I yeah. want something more and I'm, he's a incredible promoter. So I'm sure we will get that. Yeah. And then the last thing that is confirmed for Dominion 
is um, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio Jr., bro. Yeah, so his the match has not been decided yet, but no, New Japan threw out a tweet here. This can be like And um, on the Japanese account, so the Google translation says, The Legend of Cruiser Class, Rey Mysterio Jr. Special Participation. So Rey Mysterio will be a part of Dominion at Strong Style Evolved. He was supposed to go against Liger. They also teased the match with um, Osprey and Skrull. And, and, and Osprey, yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting because usually the best of the Super Junior winner, doesn't he usually challenge the Junior Champion at Dominion? Yeah, he will be. Yeah, so... So Osprey's going to be busy. Ishimori's going to be wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you do Liger. That's my that's my feelings on it. I think mm-hmm. you do like I know that I talked to Rich about this earlier today, and he was like, "Well, it doesn't mean as much in Japan." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's a legends match. Like, it means a lot still." I just I think that's what you do. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, do that. I, I mean, know there's other matches you could do, right? Of course, like you know, there's a lot. Of ma- I mean, Kushida, Takahashi. Kushida, yeah, there's a lot you could do, but I mean, that's what I would do. I would just yeah. I would do Liger, man. It's it's. Let's do it. We run didn't get it. it. Let's run it. I wanted to see it. Let's do it. So uh, that's that's everything for Dominion. You got some best of the Super Junior news for us? Yes. Yeah, so the best of the Super Junior participants were uh, named today. And the blocks. Yes. Which is awesome. Yes. So in the A block, we have the champion Will Ospreay, the bone soldier Ishimori. We have ACH, Bushi, Flip Gordon, Yo, Kanumaru, and Tiger Mask. So that's our A block. And then for our B block, we have uh, the time splitter Kushida. We have Hiromu Takahashi. Hail Sabin, Chris Sabin. We have the villain Mari Skrull. We have Dragon, uh, Lee. Dragon Lee. We have Sho, El Desperado, and Taguchi. I'm still wondering if Dragon Lee's gonna be in this. Um, but yeah, I mean him and um him and uh Hiromu are in the same uh, block, so Yeah, they yeah. are actually main eventing um what night is that? I can't find it right now, but I was looking at it earlier. There's one of the nights they're main eventing. The way he fell in that one video, I'm still... They did eventually uh, end up confirming. Oh, oh, uh, May May 25th in Osaka, it'll be uh, Takahashi versus Dragon Lee. They did end up confirming that he had a partially torn quad like I had originally hypothesized. A lot of people said it was the knee, and I was like, the way he fell looked like a quad tear. But I'm, I don't know, man. Is he going to... Be ready in time for this because he's supposed to be working the show that we're going to as well. Yeah, the um, New Japan CEO show in June. So, yeah, this is kind of crazy. So yeah. uh, I hope he's able to. I hope he's fine. But yeah. Um, so the three guys that we already announced the other competitors, but the three guys that we did not expect or even know, ACH is back. Yep. Which he's not in Ring of Honor right now. Right? No, he left Ring of Honor. He's just been doing indies. He's uh, I think mainly MLW is the main promotion he's been wrestling in lately. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we got ACH, which ACH is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we got Chris Saban, man. Bro, I was super excited about that. I'm a Chris Saban guy. He was one of my favorite guys in TNA when I used to watch it. Bro, he goes uh, back to like the Asylum days. Yeah. 
And, you know, even when the Motor City Machine Guns were together, I always liked Saban better than Shelly. I like him better than Shelly, too. Um, Shelly's great, though. Yeah, Shelly's awesome, too, and I would have loved to see Shelly in this tournament. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big Saban guy. I love Saban. I mean, he hasn't really been as hot as he was in those early TNA days, but I'm glad he's so, in this I mean, tournament. Saban, ACH, and Ishimori, three guys that have been, you know, primarily the, the past, you know, little while been working in mm-hmm. america and i didn't expect them to be in this tournament but you know new japan tends to deliver well on the on you know on these tournaments and i mean they they brought in some guys some really really good guys mm-hmm. these blocks look awesome which which block do you think looks better just you know we're gonna do a we're gonna do a a full coverage of this later on but i mean just giving it the eyeball test uh, I don't know, man. I feel like both blocks are equally stacked. Not me. Which which block are you favoring? I like B block. You like the B block? Yeah. I mean, bro, you got Taguchi, which Taguchi always delivers in these mm-hmm. in these. Skrull, Dragon Lee, Chris Saban, Takahashi, and Kushida. The only guys that are there, and even Desperado can go and show. And yeah, and you got show. Show, yeah. Bro, you got the better of the two. Yeah. On the other side, yes, you got Osprey and Ishimori and, and ACH. ACH. Flip Gordon. And Flip Gordon. But you also got Yo. You also got Bushi. You also got Ken Tiger, Mara, Ma- and you Tiger, got Tiger Mask. Mask. Yeah. No, B-Block's the better block by far. I don't know if it'll end up producing the better matches, but on paper, giving it the eyeball test, the on paper theory. We on, saw how well that worked out <laughs> for some promotions. On paper, to me, the B-Block looks stronger. But yeah, I'm excited for this. And, and I think I think we're getting I'll just say it right now. I think we're getting Takahashi and Ishimori in the finals. I agree with that too. I mean, we're going to give up. We need it. We need different co-hosts. Yeah. This is stupid. We cannot like be <laughs> saying the same crap like uh, we is that really what you think? Yeah, I actually have proof in the in our group thread um one of our social suplex writers, uh, Tom, he was, you know, we were talking about best super juniors earlier today, and he was kind of asking who do we think was going to win. And Did I, he ask my opinion? Well, he just, well, he just threw out in the, the thread, uh, but you know, you don't. I was wondering if he was like Jeremy, no, and he, like, and not Josh. No, he just, <laughs> no, he just threw out in the thread, and I was, man, I'm at work all day. I'm trying to get leads. I'm trying to help people with their finances. Uh, uh, you guys are here just discussing wrestling. Hey, uh, you guys. <laughs> And so I, t- I told him, I was like, I think Ishimori's winning the whole thing. I think we're going to get um, Ishimori winning the A block, Takahashi winning the B block, and that's going to be our finals. And that was uh, what I thought, what I told him. So, yeah, I mean, we're on the same wavelength there. That or I could even see Kushida going to the finals. Right. Takahashi or, or, or Kushida, unless they want to be cute and put Taguchi in the finals like they do sometimes. Yeah. They, they've done it a few times now. But yeah, that's what I think. I think it's going to be Hiromu and Ishimori. I think Ishimori's going to the finals. So yeah, so the tournament will begin at Corrigan Hall on May 18th and will conclude um, at the same venue on June 4th. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yo, the girls are going to hate me, bro. They're going to be wanting to chill. I'm going to be like, listen, I got to focus on this. And then like a few months later, I'm going to be like, listen, the G1's taking over my life. <laughs> and then listen, I'm going to be like, listen, it's not working out. I, I, love, I love wrestling too much. <laughs> Oh man! So anyway, so cool. So yeah, we, those that's the big news about best of super juniors. News on Dominion as you know more of this develops, we'll be covering it. We're gonna have some preview shows coming up for you. Uh, are we going into my my side of the news? Yeah, let's run through this. No, there's something we have to not just run through. There is something we got to talk about. All right. G1 and USA ticket sales. Okay, yeah. So, you know, tickets, when did the tickets go on sale for that? Uh, two weeks ago now? Or a week ago? It was in May. 
We're, we're only a couple days in May. May uh, 7th. What was it? May 1st? Was yeah. A week ago? A week ago. Um, so, yeah. So, they sold, what, about 3,300 so tickets? 3,300 tickets, like the official word that they, on, like, day one that they sold. Um, initially, the reports made it look like they had sold about 1,000 more than that. Mm-hmm. But then it came out that event- essentially there's about 1,000 tickets that are not being sold because they're... Uh, being held off for New Japan Club fan members, which they always do. So as far as like what they've sold here domestically, it's just over 3,000 in a venue that they are basically, from what it looks like, they're approximating that about 10,000 people could be sat there for for this show based Mm -hmm. on the seating charts. So, I mean, this is the death of New Japan, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, everybody expected them to sell 10,000 tickets on day one. I don't know if anyone really did. I think maybe I was... I I do remember last week I said, you know, if you want to get them, get them quick. But, you know, I don't know if I expected them to sell it day one. I do know, like, with the hype of what happened at... Um, Long Beach, and, they, and you know, and they sold out in a couple minutes, and then they were like, you know, we could have sold out a ten thousand seat arena, and I was like, why don't you like, right, open it up? Right. Um, but at the same time, I think people that are a little more knowledgeable on this sort of things, I'll, I'll admit, I don't know everything, and I'm not like a economics like type guy. Um, a lot of like people that are in the know did not expect them to sell ten thousand tickets, right? But apparently, like this has become like on Twitter and all over the internet, like New Japan's like. North American run is done. They're dead. Yeah. This is this is the death nail for them, right? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what we learned. We learned that about 3,000 fans will buy a New Japan ticket no matter what, without knowing the card. Yeah, because right? we don't have a card yet. I think once they have a card, once they, and they, they can't announce anything until probably after Dominion, because you know New Japan, that's how they book. You know they're not they're not going to advertise a world title match ahead of time, knowing that we have this Kenny and Okada match coming up. So after Dominion, they'll announce their full card. And I think once the full card is announced, once we start getting matches, I think ticket sales will start picking up again. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things you have to take into consideration here, okay? They're they're in an arena that can seat 10,000 seats. They did 3,000, which is, you know, um, now people in New Japan are disappointed by this. Like, mm-hmm. like the official words come out. They're, they're definitely disappointed. But, like... They gave us a card, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Long Beach show was bad or that it wasn't a real, like, you know, show. But it wasn't, like, a Dominion-level show. It wasn't even necessarily, like, a Dontaku-level show. Mm -hmm. Even though we got a a fantastic main event and it might be match of the year, there was essentially a lot of multi-man matches. It was the authentic New Japan experience. But it also wasn't like a Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion show. And I'm not sure that that's what you would would have wanted to do there anyways. But based off of the hype of the brand alone and the fact that like it, we many people probably thought was the only time of the year that they're going to get to go see New Japan, they sold out quick. Well, then turns out a few months later, oh, hey, we're coming back. back. Yeah. And a lot of people who probably would have paid the, you know, to, to go to this show rather already took their vacation time, already spent their money, already flew in and, and did all that. You know what I'm saying? All right. And then let's not forget, I mean, we just had WrestleMania week and a mm-hmm. month ago, a lot of people spent money and traveled for that. 
and there's a lot of opportunities to I mean that you had opportunities to see New Japan guys there and then you know for guys like us we have the New Japan CEO show is coming up there are a lot of top stars booked for that match so if you're in the southeast you can go come to that show that Kenny Omega's putting on then you got all in coming up in, in Chicago in uh, Chicago in September Okada's book Young Bucks Cody Hangman Page I'm sure there'll be more New Japan guys on that show as well and then the War of the Worlds tournament yeah War of the up. Worlds which so we'll, be, we'll be covering like next what, week Seattle Detroit uh, Chicago so right. they're like all over like the the upper north like mid midwest right so i mean if you want to see these guys wrestle and then also at yeah you were able to see a bunch of these guys wrestlemania weekend as well so if you factor that in a lot of people have had chances that they never thought they're going to get to see new japan guys live now all of a sudden like there's more opportunity so how many of those people might hold off and like as much as they'd like to go to uh, San Francisco. San Francisco is not like the most uh, like accessible area of the country to get to to watch you know pro wrestling even though it's at the Cow Palace and all that. <laughs> the other thing too, it's not in SoCal. San Francisco is not the SoCal area is a hotbed for wrestling, and San Francisco historically has ha, has had like um, you know they've had like uh, what's it called territories and things like that, but it's not like they're blowing up with with the indie scene in San Francisco, <laughs> so. They're going to have to depend to, to sell out this show. They're going to have to depend on people flying in and traveling from out of the state and out of the country to attend that show. So I do think that they can still come close to selling out or have a very successful, you know, um, gate. That being said, they have to put on an incredible card. Yeah. And they haven't announced the card yet because Dominion is ahead of it. And this is technically like a canon show. Right. And I mean, Dominion's a hell of a card. So how are they going to... I don't know. That's How, that's how are I they going to follow Dominion up? There was matches that they're giving away at Dominion, like having Rey Mysterio there and having Jericho and Naito on that card where I thought they were going to end up doing one of those in, in the Cow Palace or even Omega and Okada, we hypothesized. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it all at Dominion. So it does leave you wondering what's going to be at the Cow Palace. Sometimes you have heard people in the past be like that New Japan's a little out of touch with like this market. Mm -hmm. And maybe this will smarten them up a bit to realizing like, hey, we can't just get by on the name alone. We already we've done that. And it's it's now for us to thrive here and actually draw. You're going to have to put on a big, 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 big show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're just going to have to. But again, this is not a failure. It's not no. How, how many how many like WWE um, house shows are selling three thousand or more tickets on the, on day one in a ten thousand seat arena? Not many. You know what I'm saying? Right. And people are like, oh, they're done. It's like, well, a they're a smaller company, so hold off. <laughs> well, it's not their home market. We don't even yeah, it's not their home market. We don't even know what the card is yet. I can almost guarantee you once if it's a card that's worth traveling for, people will right. if, if you book it, they will come. You know, they could announce, you know, Okada Omega Iron Man match. <laughs> they could run Okada Omega back like a few right. weeks later. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know what what they're going to end up tr- doing to draw. I know people have talked about like Kenny and Cody again. Yeah. I don't think that's the way to go. If if it was me, I would not book that as yeah. my main event for a New Japan show to try to draw nope Mm-mm. not in America anyways I'm maybe they think that's the right way to go I yeah. would I wouldn't do that I would have Okada on top in a title match and I'd have Kenny in something big if they're not wrestling each other I would have both them on the top yeah definitely. and Naito and Tanahashi all of them like the, the big four I'd have them all there <laughs> but um we'll keep up with this um you know hopefully you know there's hey the good news there's still tickets also by the way the tickets are very expensive 
Have you seen the ticket prices? I did not look at the ticket prices. They're they're high. Like mm. I don't have the numbers on me, but like they're a lot higher than almost any other show. So I mean, mm. uh, if the, even if they don't sell out, the gate that they're going to produce, like they might do a fraction of what they thought they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like let's say six or seven thousand. Yeah. And people will be like, oh, they failed, and they're going to pull one of the biggest gates of the year. Yeah. Because of how how expensive the tickets are, they're going to pull one of the biggest, and people are going to be like, oh, they're a failure. They're going to pull one of the biggest gates of the whole right. year. Yeah. So yeah. Who's failing? <laughs> anyway, so that's that's our take on it. You know, um, speaking of shows, let's get into it. We'll go real quick. All in tickets. They are going on sale May thirteenth, four p.m. four p.m. Eastern. The ticket prices have been announced, and they are very very, very reasonable. Cheap, yeah. Yep. Um, also, they have a podcasting um, Starcast. Yeah, Starcast, and the tickets for that are going to be going on on sale shortly as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't. What was the deal, Starcast? So, so Starcast partnered with All In to make this like an exclusive, like a four day, you know, exclusive weekend. So I know that they're going to be doing like exclusive meet and greets. There's going to be live podcasts. You know, I've saw like you know guys like Pritchard is going to be there. Like, it seems like all the podcasts, all, all are the top be there. podcasts are going to be there. They're going to be doing live podcasts and meet and greets and signings. It's pretty much going to be almost like a wrestle con, almost with like all these podcasts. Um, aside from that, speaking of another show that's going to be going on here, and also by the way, May thirteenth, again, get your tickets. Um, the CEO New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Produce Show that's going on here. Um, they've announced the different uh, talent that's going to be on tap for that. So we got uh, Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu Takahashi. G.O.D., uh, Chase Owens, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb, Rapongi 3K, Taguchi, Juice Robinson, Dragon Lee, and Liger all currently announced. They did have a press conference for this on May the 2nd. Uh, did, you, did you say uh, Rapongi 3K? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah. they are they're all going to be on that show. The tickets have already gone on sale. I don't know and if they've sold out or not. We will be there. Yeah, we already got our tickets, and they were they were reasonable too. Yeah, five five match show, two hours. Our our our, t- our seats are dope. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm super 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 excited about that. But uh, there's still chance. I think right now, if you're in the area, get your tickets. Um, oh, another piece of fun fact. Since we're talking about shows, let's talk about shows. So this came out just recently in the the media. So last month, New Japan. Pro Wrestling ran four shows at Corican Hall with an average attendance of uh, 5,000. Well, actually, they had an attendance between the four shows of 5,927 uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. All Japan Pro Wrestling ran three shows at Corican for their uh, Champions Carnival tournament, and they drew 4,900 people over those three shows. So essentially, but the actual average fan attendance, they uh, All Japan ended up edging New Japan by about 150 fans per show on average uh, when you compare the the average attendance uh, for the month of April and the Japanese media is flipping out about this <laughs> uh, officially like I, I read the news uh, like I don't remember which publication it was but they said that the they're hailing it as the return of the big two and New Japan haters were all over Twitter talking about <laughs> you know all Japan's back and they're bear, you know bearing New Japan but I mean at the same time you have to keep in consideration like all Japan just ran their biggest tournament of the entire year mm-hmm. at Cork and Hall against like the road two shows that New Japan's do. So right. you have to, there's some perspective needs mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. But here's the thing. All Japan, bro, like two years ago, I was watching uh, Kento Miyahara headline in 100 seat gymnasiums. 
So the fact that they're like drawing and corking and like starting to get growth and traction, this is a very, very good sign for like for pro resu. So um, I thought that that was super interesting, but uh, I don't think that I'm ready to uh, exclaim, you know, the all Japan pro wrestling is being quite back. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not it's not like the days of a. Uh, of, of Mizawa or, or Jumbo or anything <laughs> like that, but um, that was pretty cool. Um, a couple other things. We got the free match of the week that just came out. Kushida versus Will Ospreay from the finals of Best of the Super yep. Juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a five-star match, and what I thought was definitely the best junior match of the year last year, so uh, if you have a chance, be sure to check that out. Again, it's on uh, on uh, the New Japan World site as well as YouTube. Um, Being the Elite is back. It's back, yeah. Episode the elite. elite, the the Elite, elite. episode one hundred and one came am out well that today that dropped yeah it dropped today yeah. and then they, they did a table reading earlier this week which was hilarious yeah um, episode 101 is back I don't even think there was anything that really like forwarded the storylines too much but it essentially just kind of like showing that these guys are all back together at this point and you know kind of setting the stage the one thing that they did kind of allude to though was that there was a package that was delivered by the Young Bucks to Kenny mm-hmm. and when they had the match the other night at Dantaku they, uh, Matt and Nick were just staring off at Kenny and they're like what no calls no texts you can't call anybody back so I am kind of interesting to see like where being the elites going but uh, you know Marty got fired from uh, yeah his uh, singing gig or whatever Cody's, you know, still crazy. Uh, he wants to run for. Uh, he wants to run for mayor office or Texas or something like that. Um, you know, Hangman's being Hangman. He's, I, I guess, maybe him and Cody killed Joey, Joey Ryan. Ryan. I don't yeah. know what's going on with that. Uh, all in or flips still not trying to get booked in. for all in. So, yep, yeah, being the elites back. Uh, I thought it was a really funny episode, especially the part where uh, in, in the very beginning of the episode, where Flip was like, "Guys, you have to bring it back." And they're like, "No, we're not." And they're like, "Bring it back for your family." Or your fans your loved ones are like no and they're like what about your dwindling merch sales <laughs> you're right let's bring it they're back like you're right let's bring it back <laughs> um speaking of the young bucks couple news uh related to them they were on talk is jericho we uh obviously we both listened to that earlier this week really 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 good podcast um uh, i thought it was very interesting how they talked about the only reason that they have jobs in new japan is because uh okada brought them in yeah they became friends with okada during their time in tna but with jericho back in new japan i think it was the right time to drop that podcast do yourself a favor check that out also funko pops just came out with bullet club yeah. pops and there's like a special um, pack that you where you can get like all um, five of them. I thought there's only four. I thought uh, it was the two uh, the two young bucks, Kenny and here, Kenny. here it is. Here it is. So it's the New Japan Funko Bundle. Yeah, it's just the four of them. Yeah, four. My bad. Uh, so yeah, you get the Kenny, the young bucks, um, Cody. Also, you get a Lion Mark pin and a Pro Wrestling T-shirt and free shipping for 60 bucks. Yeah, so if you really, really, really like Fungo Pops or the Bullet Club, maybe drop the money on it. I know I'm not going <laughs> to. Thinking about it. Oh, oh my God. Yo, what's wrong with you, bro? We need, a, we need to talk about your life. Um, some other related oh, news. Man. So Cody uh, basically was on Twitter this week talking about All In, and they asked about Kenny Omega, and you know if you hate Kenny, why is he booked for All In? And basically he said he's the draw. 
<laughs> it's, it, it's business, and even mm-hmm. though he hates him, he's going to bring him in. Um, also, ticket prices for the G1 Climax have been posted. Um, be sure to go online. I think you can find that on the New Japan Pro uh, on the New Japan 1972 website. Mm-hmm. Um, Kitamura, bro, some update on Kitamura. It's been almost a week, but you know we didn't record you know since this news came out. So basically, Kitamura was fired and then brought back. So this, the like onion peels keep like unraveling from this yeah. story and the, basically what uh, Dave Meltzer said was that it was for disciplinary reasons yeah so they're still basically saying that it was head injury related mm-hmm. but he did something they fired him and apparently he's being brought back supposed to, yeah supposedly he's bringing brought, I don't think it's like confirmed it's not confirmed yet but that's apparently what the word on the street is mm-hmm. um Kazuchika Okada is confirmed for the UK shows that are coming up here shortly. Yeah, strong styled evolved UK. So I think while we're getting Kenny at the produce show, the UK fans will be getting Okada overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, the English commentary for all the Road Two shows and Hino Kuni is now up. So if you had to watch any of those shows with uh, Japanese, you want to watch it in English. They're up there. They're up there now. Um, did you see Kawato's new hair? Yes, I did. Somebody posted it in Reddit. Yeah, so Kawato's got new hair. He also just had his first singles match in CMLL, so I, I want, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, we need to follow up on how he's been doing over he's a, there. He's a jabroni. <laughs> he's a job guy. Um, also, so um, uh, Suga... Uh, I'm gonna mess the same up. Sugabayashi, which is one of the like uh, presidents and like head people in New Japan, he uh, basically was talking about the Bullet Club matches on Dantaku and the history of Dantaku. Really good write up. If you get a chance, you're gonna want to check that out as well. Um, we have the different uh, War of the Worlds tour matches announced as well as the cards. I think we're gonna be covering that like next week. Yeah, because this coming up week there are not any New Japan shows. So for next week's. Show- We'll be watching the War of the World shows this week, and we'll, we'll be covering that on next week's episode. Did you hear about Abushi getting lost? Yeah, so apparently... Uh, <laughs> A grown man getting lost. He's Actually, it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was... Was it... Uh, yeah, the first night the there tweet, were... The tweet went out May 2nd, so it was like, well, they're doing the road to shows. In, in or, Fukuoka. Or, or was it Hinokuni? No, it was for Fukuoka. Okay. He... Left the hotel, forgot what the name of his hotel was, forgot his phone, and couldn't get his way back to the hotel. And then somehow he, like, got some stranger's phone and, like, tweeted out, like, help, I'm lost or something. Yeah, which I was like, how do you send a tweet out? Did he really, like, take somebody's phone? He or probably like, didn't remember anyone's phone number because nobody, like, honestly, how many people's phone number do you know by heart? Right. I yeah, don't know. I any. know. There was, like, my best friend who I've known since, like, five years old. Like, That's probably what happened. Like, but he knew how to get into his Twitter, but he didn't know how anyone's phone number. I yeah. You. So yeah, so uh, uh, Abushi had to live on the streets for a night, the the mean streets of Fukuoka. Yeah, um, but he made it. So New Japan Pro Wrestling just came out with a write up on the uh, decade of Dantaku, kind of going through the history of Dantaku, going all the way back to 1993 with the you know the the, the big card that they did in, in the Fukuoka Dome with uh, Hulk Hogan um, taking on. Uh, uh, the Great Muda, so that's a really good write-up if you want to get some some uh, perspective on the Dantaku event. And um, another nice bit of news, so Davey Boy Smith Jr. is not wanted anymore. Yeah, they dropped the... Uh, they dropped the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They dropped the charges. Yeah, dropped the charges. Yeah. And then um, in other news, um, just kind of wrapping up here, so um, friend, colleague, Damon McDonald, 
He's one of one half of the former uh, Procast. Mm-hmm. He now has a new show. We talked about the Procast, how it left, and we kind of reached, you know, said what we what we, how we felt about those guys and what they'd done. Well, he's back with a new show, and who's his, his co-host? Is Joel? Yeah, Joel. Um, very interesting. A British guy, British guy lived, lived in, in China. China. <laughs> yeah. So they came out with a new show. I'm kind of freaking jealous because the name of their show is awesome. It's uh, Super J Cast. Super J Cast. Yeah. Um, so. I checked out the first couple episodes. Really, really good stuff. Um, I'm excited for what they're doing. And I don't know if you, like, it's kind of funny because a lot of people are like, oh, well, the only reason you guys are doing well is because Pearlcast is gone. But, like, our numbers are kind of, like, still there. And um, I'm hoping that, like, there's enough space here for everybody to kind of do their thing. But here's the one thing I will say. Mm-hmm. So I saw their their I saw the um the logo for their new show, which their logo is awesome. Yeah, the logo is great. Um, but it says that they're the king of podcasts. And then I noticed there's a couple other podcasts that popped up recently. We kind of alluded to it. There's one that says King of This and King of That. And hey, there can be a lot of King of Podcasts out there, but there's only one ace. And that's us. That's us. <laughs> Keeping a strong style, baby. The ace of podcasts. No, no, no. But like, uh, I heard uh, Damon McDonald say on his last show, he said that, you know, that they're coming back to take over the space and, you know, to bring, you know, and all that. But we're coming for the crown, baby. Yeah. We, we want the crown. We're coming for the crown. I want the gold. Give me the gold. Where the gold at? No, but seriously, um, ex- super excited for those guys. I, I love what they're what they're doing. And, you know, I think that, you know. It, it's awesome that there are so many people out there that are covering this and, you know, bringing like attention. And I feel like, you know, it, it seems, you know, it's funny. It's like there's a couple guys out there, you know, us and a couple other podcasts. You know, you got like the Lion Marks and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're covering New Japan. But, you know, you've got like hundreds of people covering WWE. Right. <laughs> and so, like, there needs to be more like top, like, you know, even if, hey, you know, if you like what those guys are doing over there. There, that's awesome because there's there's probably other podcasts that like other people don't like there's probably people out there that would hate both of our podcasts but there's someone who could create one out there and then get drawn into new japan that way so like, right. we need more people like covering this thing so that this thing grows because it's the best freaking wrestling company in the world today yeah it's amazing great stuff so that- oh, but we are ichiban <laughs> <laughs> keeping a strong style ichiban um, so that wraps up the news, right? That's everything for me this week. All right. So Killing the game. Like I mentioned, uh, next week we'll be covering the Ring of Honor New Japan War of the World uh, shows, and that starts on May 9th. Sign up for Honor Club, and you can check out all those shows. Um, once again, you know, thank you guys for listening and supporting our show. Yo, can we, can we play the Hulk Hogan clip? At the end of this episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of this episode, guys, be sure to check out the time when Hulk Hogan uh, said that uh, multiple times during Dontaku in 1993, he basically said that the WWF uh, championship is a child's toy and just a trinket and that it's a stepping stone and he wants the IWGP championship. He wants to come to New Japan so he, you know he doesn't have to bullshit around. <laughs> he wants to wrestle. Oh he wants God. all the wrestlers like Muta and Anoki <laughs> and all the great wrestlers because Hulk Hogan doesn't know the name of any other Japanese wrestlers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check that out. 
yeah, so make sure you guys connect with us on social media. On Twitter, we're at KI Strong Style. I'm going to try to be tweeting some more from that account uh, during shows. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're Facebook.com uh, slash Social Suplex. We also have the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash the Wrestling Squared Circle. There's another group that said our group is dead. Someone added me to another group. They were, like, talking slanderous stuff about our group. They're like, that group's dead. And I'm like, what? Dude, our group is super active. You're, like, a tenth <laughs> of the size of our group. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, um, also, we're on Reddit. I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have Rich Ladder holding it down with One Nation Radio, One Nation Live. You're listening to One Nation. Uh, you got to unleash the power of the pyramid. Uh, we got a uh, Ricky and Clive wrestling show from Scotland. Boop, Ricky and Clive. <laughs> uh, no, I love you guys. Uh, the uh, Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the Wrestling Wash. Wrestling with, Wash. With, uh, Get your house in with, order. Bathtub Baldwin. I don't know what's going on there. Hopefully he'll be back with another episode. Also, did you notice that he stole our catchphrase? The one that we stole? He appropriated our own catchphrase that we stole from someone else yeah. at the end of his show. Not paying attention to the product. Bro, if you start making money off that show, Caleb Baldwin, you better get bring us a cut. And that's in addition to the cut that you already got to give to Jeremy just for being on the show. <laughs> being on the network. And also, guys. Cut the check. Um, it sounds like we're gonna, our, finally our, our indie show should be debuting this week. Um, what, so, the Chris show? Yeah. Oh, the Chris show. The Chris Thing show. So I don't do we want, have a name for that yet? They do have a name, but I want you guys... To, I want there's you, a name for it? Yeah, there's a name for it. Are you going to tell me after this? Yeah. I'll tell you. But just, Chris just hit me up. Like, I'm oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, yo, we're recording. So, yeah. So, make sure you subscribe to the network. That new indie show should be coming out uh, this week. Bro, I am excited for that. Also this week... Josh and I had the chance to interview oh. uh, Joey Osborne and Blanco Loco. The international superstars, superstars baby. So the very first episode of Social Suplex Radio will also be dropping this week. Hey, let me tell you guys something, okay? I don't when I go out and I watch indie shows, you know, we see guys that are well known, we see guys that are lesser known, you see guys that are good, you see guys that are let me tell you something about this guy, Joey Osborne. And this is this is a shoot right here. He is incredible. The first time that we ever saw him, I was literally like, who is this guy? And why is he not like in WWE? Why is he not in <laughs> Madison Square Garden? Yeah. I guarantee you this is gonna be somebody. And it was such a privilege to be able to uh to even like sit down and like get time with this guy because he is truly a master of his craft and I am not just saying that lightly like I don't put I'm not gonna put over a wrestler just because you know like just because I'm a mark or whatever I'm not just gonna put put them over and just be like hey they're great if, if they're not they're not and I'm not gonna say it but um, yeah I was like when we saw him I was like dude we gotta get this guy his tag team partner Blanco Loco 
he's incredible too. They are doing big things. They're, they're traveling more than ever on the indie circuit. So if you if you haven't heard them yet, they're gonna they're all over WWN at this point now. So they're yeah. in ACW. Uh, he's starting to wrestle in like FIP. They're in WXW. They're gonna be making their debut for Wildcat. I'm I'm not gonna be surprised to see them like involved here in the next little bit because a yeah. lot of these Florida guys are starting to blow up and yeah, Joey Osborne and Blanco Loco are two guys. Blanco. Well, I don't even want to give away, but Blanco Loco is already about to be do, do, do some big things. Some yeah, big things. yeah. So uh, you definitely also there that promo was done or not promo, but that interview was done right in the middle of the mall uh, in uh, Newport Ritchie, and it is it's pretty wild. So yeah, you yeah. want to check it out? Yeah, so check that out. So yeah, make sure you subscribe to the network. A lot of great things. I mean, last month we had our best month here at the network. We more than triple the numbers we did the previous we did month. A contest. Yeah. Best of Super Juniors contest. I was going to talk to you. Best of Super Juniors <laughs> contest. We're doing it. Yes. Yeah, so we'll give the details on that one once we figure it out. So Love you guys. So make sure you're checking all of our content out on the network, socialsuplex.com, guys. Subscribe. Leave the rating. Help us get over. We're independent podcast network. We need your support by the getting us ratings and reviews, sharing it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter. If you guys share us and you guys tweet us and you guys rate us, you will help us to trick someone into paying us to do this. We need your help to finesse. <laughs> oh, man. So... <laughs> Because that's the only reason I do this for the money. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So until next time, goodbye Goodbye and and good good night. Bang. Five times World Wrestling Federation champion. This belt is just a toy. It's like a trinket on a Christmas tree, like an ornament. The belt that I want is the one that the great Muta has, the IWGP belt. Because when Hulk Hogan wins the IWGP championship, which he should have right now, it will prove that New Japan Pro Wrestling and Hulk Hogan is the greatest the greatest partners in the world because I want all the great wrestlers to come to me. And I want them to come to Japan where I can wrestle and not bullshit. I want to wrestle and prove that I'm the best. It's an old saying in the United States of America and that you can't, you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. But this old dog does not need new tricks. I know all the tricks. I've proven that I'm a survivor. I've proven that I'm a leader. And I will not quit professional wrestling. Many, many people you've seen quit and come back, quit and come back. But if you watch Hulk Hogan, I have never quit. I will always be here. And now that I'm back in Japan, tonight was a great night for me because I was very worried. Because Muda is a brand new star. He's one of the best New Japan has. And tonight, it was fun. It was easy. I want bigger challenges. I want more opponents. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.